Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of The Elite Beat. It is your number one source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. I'm Andy. Sitting right next to me at the bedroom table is Jenny. Hello. And, as always, 116 miles to our southwest, it's Cincinnati's own Megan! Hello. I can't claim pride of the west side, east side, whichever one John Moxie is. I can't he's claim the it. The, he's the pride he's of the east, east side. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But um, I, Renee is not the fucking queen of Cincinnati, um, in my opinion. <laughs> I will. Uh, I, I would like to show you some some Twitter posts that suggest otherwise, but. Oh, she's been calming down on it on Instagram, but I didn't r- realize she kept up the queen moniker on Twitter. Is she doubling down on Twitter? Oh, no, I just meant the old ones. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. She's mostly just been, like, trying to stay out of the heat, I think, this week. I don't blame her. As someone who is also in Cincinnati, it's been really hot. But I know yeah. that's not unique to, like, us at all. It's been hot here, too. Yeah. Uh, but not as hot as these bottles. So let's do it all with the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Jenny? Well, Andy and I um, actually have a red wine. The only bottle of wine we had in the house. And it was recently gifted to us at our uh, uh, Andy's mom's birthday dinner on Saturday as a Thank you for hosting present. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I, I love a birthday dinner where you as the guest get gifts. Instead Jenny of... was deeply concerned. I was so concerned <laughs> that the birthday dinner wasn't enough about your mom and was too much about our like new house. Because it was the first pe- time a lot of people had come to our house. I felt really guilty that it wasn't all about her. Yeah. Well, I think she probably, I'm assuming, knowing Andy's mom, she probably didn't care. She probably just appreciated the fact that you hosted. I think that's the case. So, yeah, so uh, so one uh, nice guest gave us a bottle of wine. Yeah. And my mother gave us COVID. Potentially. <laughs> well, see, that's how she got back at you. Thanks, Screw mom. you, Jenny. <laughs> gave me life 39 years ago. Gave me COVID Saturday. Well, we don't for sure know We yet. don't for sure know. We're currently testing negative. Yeah. But she's sure as hell got it, so feel better soon, Mom. <laughs> she likes to flex on you. I gave you life. I can take it away. <laughs> well, this bottle is uh, The Prisoner, um, which Megan, you, and I, and I think Andy have had before, but this is... I don't think Megan was there. I think, Megan, we've had the prisoner at, like, Market Wines before. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, but he, this, Wait, he tasted the prisoner? Yeah. One time, remember, like, it was, like, a special, you had to add on, it was, like, oh, an extra add-on, I and see. we were like, yes, please. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that <clears throat> is a Cabernet Sauvignon. This is a Pinot Noir variety. I didn't know the prisoner had different varieties, so. Well, you got to pay for Pinot. <laughs> yeah so we'll see I'm sorry about the noise there listeners oh <laughs> it's good nice ASMR oh, I got it all over me and you got 
wine all over your sweatshirt. It looks like a light color too, not the wine. The sweatshirt. It is. It's a like a white, light gray. Um, I'm gonna go handle that. Megan, why don't you tell us what you have this week? <laughs> okay, I've got a wink joint. Uh, it's called Wonders, plural. Um, and it's a 2020 red wine blend. It says it's no sugar and made with organic grapes. A vin de France. Um, no sugar? That's what it says. I don't Wow. I don't know if that's how that works. Um, I thought you had to have sugar, honestly, as part of the process, but... That's what I thought. They claim no. So uh, that could mean it's very bad. We'll find out. Um, cool. Tasting notes are pepper, blackberry, bacon spices, and black fruit. So I don't know. It sounds fun. All right, here we go. Let's see if it makes a noise. Yeah. But it sounded weak on my end, but, you know. The microphone picked it up well. Excellent. Enhance. Microphone enhance. Enhance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Megan, let's start with ratings this week. I am worried I'm going to be sad because Rampage always makes me sad. Rampage, uh, yes. Uh, So this, of course, from F4WOnline.com. Friday Night's Fighter Fest Week 1 episode of AEW Rampage averaged 435,000 viewers on TNT, up 1.6% from the previous week. Uh, In the 18 to 49 demo, it finished 11th on the charts with a .14. That's down 6.7% 6.7% from the previous week and ties Rampage's third lowest rating of the demo since May. Um, oh, I don't know Rampage. what the, I don't know what the answer is for Rampage. It, it might, maybe it's just the time slot. I don't know. I think people have decided it's a skippable show. Um, yeah. I mean, basketball, uh, I think is responsible for that part of it, but it, it, I guess it is skippable in the sense that it's like, not the main show and it's only an hour, but like, it's been good. I, I feel like they've, they put on a very good quick show and it's unfortunate for the people that get showcased on it because now it's like, sorry, this show doesn't matter. Just like the YouTube shows don't matter. I I mean, I think that they put on good content, but I don't think they advance storylines on it without telling you any storyline advancements on Dynamite. Like, I think they advance storylines more on BTE than on Rampage. Well, which is wild, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I guess maybe that's why I like it, too, is because it's it's quick, it's largely inconsequential, but the matches are still good. So it's, it's like, kind of, it's like a fun-to-watch thing, not like a, oh, gosh, I have to remember who's feuding with who and how this plays into it. It, it feels very uh, light in that sense. But... I'm sure the listeners were on their seats. I think my sweatshirt has been ruined. I was unable to get the stain out. Oh, shit. But I have since changed into a burgundy-colored sweatshirt, so should be good for the rest of the show. That's going to really soak up all the wine you spill. <laughs> all right, well, just to, just to get it out of the way, let's do the dynamite rating, which actually just came out because uh, Nielsen was a little late this week, but... Uh... Wednesday's Fighter Fest Week 2 episode of AEW Dynamite averaged 910,000 viewers on TBS, down 3.4% from last week. Uh, lowest audience total for Dynamite since June 22nd. 
Uh, Dynamite, which was headlined by a barbed wire everywhere match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, topped the cable charts with a .32 rating in the 1849 demo, matching last week's total in that category. Um, so this is five weeks in a row now that they've been the number one show on Wednesday night. So that's wow. good. I think it might just say more about Beverly Hills. Like it's bad. The housewives yeah. have to well, fail for Dynamite housewives. too. Beverly yeah, Hills I think is number two. Probably or like Tucker Carlson or some shit. You know. Boy. Boy, indeed. All right, guys. Time for news. Time for news. First news item by Ian Carey over at F4WOnline.com. Adam Cole will not be having surgery to report to repair a torn labrum. Cole has been out of action since AEW and JPW forbidden door with a concussion, but had also been working through a shoulder injury. According to a report from Fightful, he has been dealing with the torn labrum since his title program with Hangman Page back in March and April. Wow. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Cole is doing therapy for the injury. His time frame for return is more based on the concussion he suffered at Forbidden Door, however. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. So, that's the Adam Cole update. Uh, and it's paired with one from today, actually. Uh, this one by Joseph Courier, uh, where he states that... Uh, during an appearance on GameSpot's Wrestle Buddies podcast, Cole addressed his recovery and said he's confident that he'll be able to return to the ring soon. Uh, he said, I'm doing okay. I'm definitely on the path, on the track to recovery for sure. I have a great team around me that is helping and just making sure that I'm taken care of to the best of my ability. AEW has been fantastic as far as making sure that I'm getting the right care that I deserve. And I feel like a progress and a move forward every single week for sure. Because I had been pretty banged up. So again, for 14 years being in the pro wrestling industry, I think the most time I had ever had off as far as traveling, being on the road, was one month. So I've been going, going, going. It's, I think he caught up with me. So mm. that's uh, basically, yeah. So And we know with concussions, just like the Brian Nelson situation, it's, you know, there's no there's no answer to when, when it'll be okay. It's just one day it will be okay. So... Well, in the meantime, it's, I guess, nice that he can work on the shoulder thing as well and, you know, move that forward. That that sucks, though. That kind of just sucks that that all kind of hit him right in a short period of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next news story that we have to cover on this here program, the Elite Beat. Uh, this from Josh Nason over at F4WOnline.com. AEW's Andrade El Idolo is currently out of action due to ankle inflammation. On Friday afternoon, AEW head Tony Khan answered a fan's question on Twitter about why Andrade hasn't been appearing in the ring more often. Khan said Andrade was hurt in his singles match against Ray Phoenix on the Friday, June 24th Rampage. So... That's the Andrade update. But I have another Andrade update because, in fact, he will be making his return to the ring on Sunday, July 31st, not for AEW, but for, uh, I believe, 
I believe the name they're using is Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, uh, Conrad Thompson of the uh, the Conrad Thompson Universe of Podcasts is mm. promoting Ric Flair's last match ever. Uh, a pay-per-view card with a lot of interesting matches on it, but in the main event, Ric Flair will be teaming with his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, uh, against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. This seems like a <laughs> recipe for multiple hip displacements and other age-related injuries. Yeah. What? What? Um, is that appealing, Andy, as someone who cares about those aged wrestlers? Um, like not not as something that I am going to spend money to watch, but I'm certainly going to be following like Twitter and seeing what people have to say about the pay per view. Okay, okay. That's uh well, quite a team up. Quite a team up. Yeah. This will be Rick's first match in uh I think about almost ten years, I think. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. It's probably gonna go really well. Probably so, yeah. Oh, oh man. I thought I just saw an uh an Instagram post. It must have been from Andrade or Charlotte. I definitely don't follow Ric Flair. He was in the hospital. Is he uh, healthy? Andrade, Andrade was? No, Ric Flair. Maybe it was oh. an old picture. I don't know. I didn't. Re- I don't really he, know what's going on with his life. I believe he had an issue. He has an issue with his foot right now. He has like plantar fasciitis or whatever that is. Okay, well, so he's you don't not need feet to wrestle. No, certainly not. Well guess some people will see on the 31st how that works out but okay i was like worried that maybe he was having a health issue and then just decided now's a good time to do my last match because that seems like rick flair logic yeah no 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 kidding um let's see uh this from joseph courier f4wonline.com ring of honors honor club streaming service is currently undergoing a revamping ROH announced that it is currently revamping its Honor Club program with enhanced elements and functionality. During the revamping, new signups to Honor Club won't be accepted. Current memberships will be extended at no additional cost until the refreshed Honor Club platform is launched in early fall 2022. Uh, The price for the revamped Honor Club will be $9.99 per month. New Ring of Honor events won't be available on Honor Club until 60 days after the shows happen. So what's the point of an Honor Club then? Well, I don't know. Uh, that's, I think, until we know exactly what's going on with Ring of Honor, I don't think any of this will make sense. But the way Honor Club worked before was you got shows, you got, like, the shows as part of the, you could, like, stream them live. Like the network for yeah. WWE used to be so, before. <laughs> which would be the only, like, benefit to having. I get. I mean, unless you're really into archives, archival stuff. Um, Are you into it $10 a month? No. And in fact, when I wasn't into the current WWE product, I never kept my WWE Network Mm -hmm. subscription because it wasn't worth it to me just for the archival content. Mm -hmm. But there are people, there are freaks out there who will will continue to subscribe for the archive. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, Tony Khan owns this as part of his purchase? Okay. Yes. So my, like, pie-in-the-sky theory on this is that, and this is backed up by absolutely nothing, but what I think is whatever deal he struck 
with whatever broadcaster or streamer for new Ring of Honor content, maybe there's like a sixty like like maybe there's a sixty day window before it can be released to the Ring of Honor proprietary service. Of course. So much, but that, much think, like the SmackDown Raw situation. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean that suggests to me that there is a deal in principle with somebody that just hasn't been announced yet. Uh, which I guess a deal for television is good, but that makes your streaming service, like Jenny pointed out, kind of pointless because, I mean, I, granted, Ring of Honor probably, depending on the television provider that picked them up, may or may not be available everywhere. I know when they were on um, Sinclair. Yes. Yes. Oh, we didn't all have that channel at the same time. Um, but like, if it's widely available, that streaming service, that's such a, a crap, like, time <laughs> time window. Like, it's it's more than the 30 days WWE has to wait, and that sucked. Because 30 days in wrestling, it's like, you are you have storylines that are just over at that point. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a story to watch, especially with the, uh, the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view happening this weekend. Mm. Which I feel like, I feel like, um, I mean, we'll get into it, but I feel, I feel like TV recently has been largely about that show more than AEW itself. They got to sell those pay-per-views, man. I, I know they do. They I have they to do. run it. They have to sell it. <laughs> I really like the title. Death Before Dishonor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you? I really do. <laughs> does okay. it, I feel, does it strike the chord of like olden times? Like, yes. Honor is very important. Yes. You're picturing men dueling, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good lord. Um, if one of the wrestlers, if they could have like a uh, like a cosplay in like, you know, Regency era costume with some like dueling pistols in one of the matches, I'd be all in. I mean, I want in the lead up somebody to slap somebody else in the face with a glove. Yes. Demand satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Could have the backstage like the seconds going to each other, trying to. Yeah. The in-ring return for former AEW World Champion Kenny Omega is reportedly on the horizon. Hmm. Fightful reported the news Tuesday, following up on a Dave Meltzer note during a recent Wrestling Observer Radio that a third meeting between FTR and the Young Bucks is being held off due to a major angle that is yet to begin. The tentative plans, according to Fightful, are that Omega would team with the Bucks in a trios match at the September pay-per-view. Opponents weren't mentioned, but there is speculation it could be against current stablemates Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Uh, We have not independently confirmed the report as of this writing. Uh, Yeah. So, Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful, who reported that, seems pretty confident in his sourcing on that story. What was the time frame of the Kenny match? Did he say November? September. September. Okay. And Kenny went out in November. So it'll have Correct. been almost a year. It'll be like, it'll have been like, yeah, like almost 10 months. Yeah. yeah. And he got, he did his surgery, plural, right? Like right after he went out or did he wait? He waited a few, uh, he waited a while for some reason. And then he ended up getting less surgeries than he had originally planned on because he just wanted to rehab one of them, I think. Okay. 
Like he did, I think he ended up not getting shoulder surgery. He had to get like a hernia surgery and a knee surgery, I think. Okay. And he was going to get a shoulder surgery, but then he decided to rehab it instead. Interesting. Well, I mean, given a year or year ish, hopefully that he's feeling good. I mean, it's wild to think he like decided to take the time away specifically because of that. Like wrestlers usually don't have good health decision making. Yeah. Uh, And finally, uh, Tony Khan did a media call today to promote the uh, death before dishonor pay-per-view. And when asked about the status of the Briscoes, um, who have been working like some in Impact and, and and other places recently, uh, he said that the Briscoes are, in fact, uh, under a long-term contract to Ring of Honor, but are not under contract to AEW. So they will be exclusive to the Ring of Honor brand going forward. I don't think I remember who the Briscoes are. Well, see, it sounds like you're never going to need to. So, Yeah, I don't know that you ever would have had a reason to see them, honestly. They didn't do any crossover other than the the first ROH pay-per-view where AEW was there and Tony Khan owned it. But you guys didn't watch that, right? Uh-uh. Yeah. I, Jenny, I don't see any worldly, like, earthly reason that you would ever have seen or need to see the Briscoes. They will scare okay. you. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> okay, so that's the news, and it's confession time, Megan. I did not watch Rampage this week. It got away from me. Some so, bitch. Do you, you have and your wife any? are dropping the ball. Ugh. I know. At least I watched Dynamite, so I, we, we can talk about that. But do you have any uh, remembrances of Rampage? I know you didn't take notes on it. Oof. If I had the, the lineup, maybe, <clears throat> but it flits in and out. Let me just let me just get a lineup for you, okay? Okay, because I I liked it. I mean, I if I leave a rampage feeling bad, I definitely know that. But it hasn't happened in a while. That's why I'm so bitter about their ratings and their poor numbers. In I guess not my age group, but close to my age group. You know, they they've tr- got a. I think that's that ten o'clock time slot on a Friday night. Like the world's changed. People are back out there. Like. People aren't sitting at home watching. Yeah, you're right. It is summer. So 10 o'clock is no longer like that. Um, You're probably going to be indoors time anymore on a Friday. Maybe they'll spring back to life in winter. (laughs) Okay, it looks like it was uh, the opener was House of Black versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Oh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this one because I love my House of Black boys and, uh, you know, also Johnny Hungy and Reynolds are very fun. So I thought it was uh, it was not like a jokey match, but it was a lighter match. You know, nobody got um, Black Mist spit in their face. Oh, good. Did House of Black win? Yes. And then afterwards... uh... Darby Allen dove off of the tunnel onto Brody King, mm-hmm. and then Sting and Malachi Black had a stare down while Darby and Brody brawled. Yeah, Sting and Malachi sort of they like they like kept teasing going into the tunnel, but then the other would be like, "Oof!" and pop pop his head out the side and be like, "I'm not back there yet." And it was like a very, chi- it was a game of chicken, but like they were avoiding each other in a weird way. So finally, they made it into the tunnels. Uh, Miro promo. 
Oh, yeah. You know, he's on his same vibe. Like, he uh, pissed at God. But his question, which comes up on Dynamite, he started to ask God, like, were you punishing me with the House of Black or were you putting them in my way for a purpose? Mm. So. Good question. Uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Lee Moriarty. Um, it was good. Lee Moriarty is flippy. Jonathan Gresham is too, but he's a little guy. Uh, so th- yeah, they had like a, a good <laughs> ring of honor style guy match. Okay. Uh, and then Claudio walked out afterwards and, uh, to set up the world title match for the pay-per-view. Yeah. People were like, yay, Jonathan Gresham. And then Claudio ra- walked out and they were like, sorry, <laughs> we love Claudio. So I think, uh. I think we know where people stand on that. Uh, looks like we had a Christopher Daniels promo on the behalf of Samoa Joe. Yep. I don't know where Samoa Joe is. He's skipping work, but CD has to make a stand. I think he's been doing like a voiceover role for something. Okay. I was wondering if he was like weirdly hurt or something, but I figured you would have heard news about that and told us. Yeah. But uh, next up, the team of Chris Statlander and Athena take on the Renegade Twins. Did they try to do twin magic? I don't recall them trying because they were both in the ring. So it's like, you know, what are you oh, going to do? Apparently it lasted 24 seconds. Yep. <laughs> okay. I may have looked away from the screen and missed <laughs> this one. I, I remember <coughs> seeing the entrances. <laughs> it's like... And then looks looks like the baddies uh, beat up the good girls after the match. Yeah, you know, the baddies always got something to say, but what are you going to do? They're in the crowd. Uh, Stokely Hathaway, I guess, tried to sign Lee Moriarty, but Matt Seidel. He did. He tried to slip him his card. He said, you know, Lee, you've gotten some wins over some pretty... Or not wins. You've had matches against some pretty good people, and you should be doing more. He tried to slip him his card, and Matt Seidel was like, "What are you talking about? We're good buds." And Lee Moriarty gave that look of like, "Maybe I should be doing more." And he yeah. didn't turn on Matt Seidel right then and there, but I feel like he's probably going to leave to get more gigs with Stokely. Yeah, probably. Uh, let's see, the Gun Club. Uh, explain their turn on the acclaimed. I don't think they really did. <laughs> I think it okay. was just like, of course. <laughs> like, but the claim, the acclaimed interrupted, and Max Caster was too angry to rap. Um, I think one of them stole his mic. Oh, okay. Well, this recap is wrong then. I might be wrong though, um, because I might be conflating things. They're. The gun club uh, acclaimed thing has burned bright but fast, and some, it might not be separating correctly in my brain. And then, uh, in the main event, Private Party took on the Lucha Bros. Yes. Um, I was distracted in a good way by the fact that Mark Quinn has apparently decided to just shave his head all to one level. And I, oh. Yeah, I saw that on BTE. I was like, oh, you look good. 
I think he looks good. I was also like, man, what happened with the... That was, like, always kind of his thing. I do appreciate that that middle, like, landing strip area has filled in because I thought that was kind of a bad decision. But, <laughs> um, yeah, he he totally shaved away all the uh, the unnatural hair color that he had dyed him and had going on. And now he and Isaiah just look like, I don't know, they're... Uh, they're more down to business, I think, like being mean, but they're more less uh, less jokey, more like let's kick some ass. Cool. All right, that was that was a rampage. Let's talk about dynamite. Dynamite. Okay. Um, we're in the Gas South Arena in Atlanta, Georgia, for this one, and they say it's Shark Week, but it is not technically Shark Week until Sunday. So, mm-hmm. jumping the gun. Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't just do it like... I mean, there's going to be a Dynamite and a Rampage next <laughs> week. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Happy Shark Week. Or happy pre-Shark Week, everybody. So, we open the show with quite a match between Brody King and Darby Allen. This is the kind of match that Darby uh, really excels at. One where he can do his, like, bananas, high-flying moves, and also when not doing those, take wild bumps from the very large man who was tossing him around. Mm-hmm. Um, Brody King, he he does the same spot he did to win the battle royal, and he does the rear naked choke on the apron on Darby and drops him to the outside. We get a count out going, and Darby almost gets count outed, counted out, but then he makes it back in, um, and unfortunately is ju- just then like immediately grabbed by Brody King and put into the gonzo bomb that looked like very dangerous, looked very much like Darby's head got spiked. Um, and then he got pinned. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I So I liked the first half of this the before the commercial break. And then uh, it was time to make a bed. So I went and made a bed. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny tried. <laughs> I tried. That's okay. That's fine. You made it through half of the first match. That's That's right. I made it through the first commercial break. Well, (laughs) I mean, I I will tell you that the rest of the match was very similar to the beginning, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. And um, poor Darby got pinned. Something that doesn't happen often. Honestly, I was a little... Uh, surprised i guess i'm so used to seeing him win mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so darby got pinned and then right after the match brody scooped him back up and uh put him in another rear naked choke and faced the stage so that darby's goth dad sting would be compelled to come out um sting fell for this ploy and made his way to the ring and then uh brody just dropped darby and tried to go for sting but that old man is wily. He got out of the way. He got Brody uh, set up for a scorpion death drop. But before he could actually do the move, the lights go out. We hear the thump of a body on canvas, presuming Sting still did the move onto Brody. Uh, okay, because here's, when- here's my question for you, Megan. Do you think that Sting did the move or did he just like let go of him and let Brody take his own bump and then just walked away? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the second one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not just be like, hey, dude, do you just want to like throw yourself on the mat while I stand up? Because <laughs> nobody's nobody can see us. Like, what's the point? Yeah. 
Either way, however it happened, there was a thump on that mat, and uh, presumably the big man went down by Sting's own power uh, or not, and Sting is standing up facing Malachi Black when the lights come back on. So they're looking at each other. Brody jumps back up, grabs Sting again. Sting's not expecting it, and then Malachi hits him with that black mist right in the face, which I wondered, will Sting's face paint prevent the infection (laughs) yes because sting cannot join the house of black this is not no this is not happening there was a period of time in tna where you know influenced by the dark knight (laughs) of course film uh sting became what came to be known as joker sting uh for a while there and he was like you sent me a picture of this (laughs) he was very twisted and uh, so I, 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 I could see, you know, possibility that we might get like a maybe a one night return of Joker Sting. It would be such a burn on Darby if if Malachi brought his goth dad into the fold. It's funny, though, because it now would be a cultural reference to an entirely different like we've had two Jokers since then. Oh, God, it's true. Do you think you would have to dress up like Joaquin Phoenix's version or? God help us, Jared Leto's version. I mean, he never really dressed up like them. He just did like his face paint a little different, you know. So I think he could. I think he'd be fine. He could. He did he bring... do the like lips for his face paint? Is that how you knew he was Joker? Stay like look, look. Yeah. Want to know how um, I got my scars? No, he didn't do that. I don't think. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm picturing like I remember I saw the picture, but I'm I'm very okay. much in my head seeing Dwight from The Office on the Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, but I, that's like Jack Nicholson Joker face. Well, Sting's very old. But you said it was supposed to be in conjunction with. The well, Black I mean, Knight. that had been the most recent J- Joker depiction that it happened. That's not the one he chose. <laughs> okay. Well. I guess we'll see if that face paint holds out or if he returns to his uh, one of his Joker eras, you know, who he picks to to represent this time around. We'll know. We'll see. Um, But I was like, man, what a get if they got him, you know, if it actually works. And uh, along those lines, like at this point, Miro, his music hits. And he walks out, and the announce team is immediately like, oh, obviously he's here to help Sting, because why wouldn't he be? But he's wearing large aviator glasses, and one side of them is very much a different color because he's got some sort of eye patch under underneath that side. And he just walks about halfway down the ramp and looks at what's going on. He doesn't help anyone, and Malachi, frankly, looks pretty happy about him showing up. So I don't think Miro is... um is there to help anybody just yet. I don't know. Um, I guess, we, I guess that's what we just got to wonder, right? Oh, we got to wonder what is his God saying in his ear? I, I take it back. It is the Heath Ledger Joker makeup. <laughs> He's just so old that he looked like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Poor thing. That versus that. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I didn't want people to, Poor Sting. Google it and feel feel like I was lying to them. Misled <laughs> Jenny with her treasure trove Joker lore over here. <laughs> Obviously, her favorite character. 
in all of the Batman universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, any thoughts on Miro, Andy, or just wait and see? I just feel like we don't get him in the ring nearly as much as I would like. Well, he was injured for a while. Now, though, I don't know why we're not getting him. Yeah, I I want I want him in the ring. He was in that tournament. He didn't win it, but he tried. So maybe we'll get Miro in the ring. Maybe he'll be uh, he'll help Brody King be muscle for the House of Black. We don't know. Yeah, I assume. I mean, I assume there's going to be some combination of these guys at uh, all out. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't really, I don't think we've really seen any of Malachi and Darby, have we? Like going at each other. That's that seems really so. intriguing to me. Like the way yeah. those two match up, you know? Yeah, I think thus far it's been Brody King's weird beef with Darby, but it'd be cool. No, it could be, you know, you do Malachi and Brody and Buddy, who's, I don't think he's Buddy, and he's just Matthews, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> versus Sting, Darby, and Miro. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. You got kind of a heavy, uh, I don't know where Sting fits, but <laughs> he doesn't have like an analog on the House of Black side. But uh, yeah, and then little Darby flying around, Buddy yeah. Matthews. Oh my gosh, dog. She just wants to participate. Well, I've always said that Buddy Matthews is the Sting of Australia. <laughs> I mean, Buddy Matthews would probably love to hear that compliment. You can check the tapes. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> You're always talking about Buddy Matthews. It's like, shut up. We get it. You love him. I know. Wow. Hopefully he's back by all out. Seems like he probably should be. I don't know what his injury is, but he's been gone for, it feels like a while. Uh, apparently, so today, actually, uh, somebody asked Dave Meltzer about that, and he said that uh, Buddy went to do a uh, tour in Australia. Oh, was he... Was I wrong then? He was not injured. He just left to to do that. I thought that he had hurt himself for some reason. I mean, they may have told us that at some point. Oh, I fall for Tony Khan's bullshit all the time. Huh? But let's see. Yeah, he's um he he last wrestled on an episode of Dark Elevation on um, June twenty second. Since then, he's in July. He's done five matches in Australia. Wow, okay. Or I'm sorry, one in Los Angeles for the, for PWG and then four in Australia so far. Okay, so he can theoretically come back anytime. All right. Well, whenever this tour's over, yeah. Yeah. One of the shows I... he wrestled Brian Cage in Melbourne. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Brian Cage was on this show. Right? Yeah, so maybe, maybe the tour's over. Because yeah. like, this last date... That Buddy had was uh, July 11th, and nothing since then. Oh, that's plenty of time to get back here from Australia and quarantine if need be. Mm. He could swim. Oh, gosh. What? Yeah. No, he couldn't swim in that time. He just has to, you know, take a life jacket, keep paddling. You'll get yeah. there eventually. Yeah. All right. Well, I'd be up for seeing uh, that combination you put together in your fantasy booking i think that'd be fun and you know if if nothing else 
an opener for the pay-per-view match or for the pay-per-view itself. We'll find out more as that gets closer, though. We're still like a couple months out. Uh, For now, though, after the opening match, we go backstage where Tony Schiavone is talking to a man named Cole Carter, um, spelled kind of stupidly. (laughs) Cole (laughs) Carter with a K, just how you think. Do you remember a few months ago I sent you a picture? Uh oh, is this is Cole Carter someone I know? No. Okay. <laughs> I, sent, like... I sent you a picture of a trio of men uh, on NXT, and yes. I said the man on the left is named Stax, and the man on the right is named Two Dimes. What? Yeah. yeah NXT is so... really taking a turn. So Wait, what do those things mean? It's like. You know, money terms like money. They're they're like they have like Italian mobster gimmicks, basically, like they're the Sopranos or something. What's shit. a two dime? Two dime. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it was there was it was stacks and two dimes was the tag team that was backing up this guy. And anyway, two dimes got fired, and now he's Cole Carter. Oh gosh. Yeah. What a trajectory that. Yes. That is for him. Okay. Um, well, okay. so Cole Carter is presented here as like, I don't know, like maybe a prospect. Like It seems like people are like, oh, you stepped up. You're going to challenge Ricky Starks for the FTW championship because he, you know, issued an open challenge and, and this is the one who answered him. Um, so I, he was treated with sort of a level of, I don't want to say importance, but they interviewed him you know they didn't just like throw him out there so uh he he did he did a bunch of um dark matches before um wwe signed him to developmental so he's like tony khan is aware of him at least or was aware of him prior to this okay yeah well so he was only in nxt then for a short period of time um, yeah, I believe he had, uh, six matches in NXT. He sure okay. as hell wasn't called two dimes under, uh, Triple H's rule. <laughs> yeah. If he was around before that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Cole Carter, I mean, he looks very, like, generic as far as, like, his gear. I don't know. He didn't stand out in that way, but they're interviewing him. He's talking about how he's going to step up and take that championship. Starks and Hobbs obviously crashed this interview. And um, Hobbs hilariously puts a shark fin hat on Tony's head. And Tony is like, oh, yeah. All right. Rolls with it. Uh, And then Ricky tells. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No. Did Tony say something? Because I was just like laughing at like. You look like you're at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Um but yeah, Ricky tells Cole that he considers him to be the future, which is kind of a wild assertion. Uh, more of a compliment than I ever would have given Ricky credit for. And then um, after saying that, he goes, but also, like, you're not going to take this title from me tonight. So you're the future, but, like, you're not going to win this belt. And I believe he had some verbiage, like, uh, you know, last time I saw you, you were sleeping with the fishes, and now you're swimming with the sharks or something like that, correct? Yeah, was that a reference to his stupid gimmick? That was a reference to him, the way he was killed off in NXT by his mobster boss. Wait, are they Lucha Underground now? Are they just murdering people? 
I mean, it was off camera, obviously. It was just, they just like made a reference to it later, but it was like basically <laughs> like, yeah, two dimes of sleeping with the fishes. Oh my God. <laughs> what is going on in Florida? Calm down, NXT. Oh, shark Lord. And it, well, not till Sunday. Don't well, let them fool you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them fool you. That is wild. I cannot believe NXT decided to start murdering dudes off camera. <laughs> How much do you think that Discovery Channel paid Rock to be the sponsor of Shark Week? Was The Rock the sponsor Shark yes, Week? Yes, he did like a 30-second commercial for Shark Week that I saw at the beginning of Dynamite. The and Rock he's going to be like the the um the DJ like the not the DJ but the like host MC MC oh host well, the host of Shark Week has the rock done any shark themed movies no like how many millions of dollars did the rock get paid i don't know probably 20s more i didn't see the commercial. I'm not, I wasn't aware the Rock was participating in Shark Week. Yeah, he's gonna host it. When I was in fourth grade, my um, class went to a retirement home to do caroling for you know senior citizens. I'm scared of where this is going. And in the planning stages of this, my uh, my assistant teacher, because our school we had like a main teacher and like an assistant teacher in the classrooms, she said, "Okay." We're going to do this. Andy will be the MC. And <laughs> I I stood up and did a scratching motion as if I was scratching a record. Because in my head, that is what an MC did. I did not I did not I don't I guess I didn't know the term DJ at that point in my life. And guys, I think about that. <laughs> I don't want to say monthly but several times a year <laughs> do you have flashbacks if you see actual like record players or records being played or like djs portrayed on television like... it's often triggered by seeing djs uh, doing, doing their dj work <laughs> one time i was the mc <laughs> totally get never letting that go and thinking about it at least monthly yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> i don't hey. remember how the whole thing went at the end of it, you know, I just think about I just remember that one moment. I wouldn't even say you acted totally inappropriately. MCs could maybe do a little mm-hmm. records. Maybe they dabble in the DJ game as well. You I know? bet a lot of MCs DJ. <laughs> Similar skill set. I don't think so. Hosting. I mean, the first, the first <laughs> Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff album is literally called He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say that MCs rapped. I said MCs. MCs, but MCs do rap. That's that's in hip hop. Like an MC is a rapper. Side question: Did they want you to rap at the old people? No, she meant like master of ceremonies, like oh. the person who introduces everything. Yeah, and... that's what I thought you were talking about. But you were talking about because I talk good, Megan. Oh yeah. Well, you are on a podcast now, so <laughs> you do talk good. That's so did anyone hilarious. in your class, like, did you get made fun of? Not that or I recall. Or did it really, like, kind of, like, did no one really pick up on that? I don't remember. Was Andrew in your class, and did he go, yeah, boy? 
like no. Flava Flav? <laughs> no, Andrew's three years older than me, Was and, I, Jason wouldn't, in your and class? I wouldn't meet him for another ten years. Um, <laughs> not ten years, less than that. Uh, was Jason in that? Yes, Jason was in that class. You should text him. I'm not gonna text him. And ask him. Do he's you not remember? Gonna, he's not gonna remember that because it was only significant to one person. Do you remember the huge faux pas Andy did when he was told to MC and instead he DJ'd? <laughs> Holy shit. Get Max Caster up in here. My god. Well, okay. That was um tangentially related to shark week so uh we (laughs) i would say let's go back to cole carter but uh we kind of have to wait a little bit to see if he can get that title because his match is not next uh they were interviewing him in advance uh but isn't cole carter the name of that like the one guy that like serena like that they bring into like gossip girls. Carter like, Bays. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Played by Come the on. Winter Soldier himself. Yes. Get your Sebastian Stan characters correct. Gosh. Damn it! I knew Carter was in the name. Gosh. All right. <laughs> Sorry, but Cole. Is Carter. that who he's trying to be? I hope not, because he's failing. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> Nobody's trying to be Carter Bays. <laughs> he wasn't like a, like a good care like a good person character <laughs> he wasn't even like a memorable villain character he was just kind of a goof yeah i i, I really loved his first appearance like some gambling halls yeah and, and he then... was and he was super bad at like at like hiding his intentions yeah well nate was, he was like no stupid. just stay here and lose more money but then i think <laughs> nate got like caught up in it didn't nate go to didn't something happen to me no nate came out okay on that oh, one okay I mean, uh, listeners, oh, spoilers Chuck came off. Spoilers yeah, Chuck, for yeah. Gossip Girl season one. God. I mean, just... Gossip Girl season one was awesome and falls off a cliff immediately. Yep. <laughs> wow, they had they had solid gold and then they didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> did we get through like two seasons when we did our rewatch? We only made it through partial second season because it had fallen off a cliff and then it just kept... No, because they don't go to plumbing. college till season three. We, we didn't saw, make it to college. Yes, we did. We saw a little bit of them, like, the ones who went to, like, New York, NYU. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Did you continue doing the rewatch without me? No. Because we saw them go for, like, college, like, check out our campus day and that was it. I swear we got to... We did not. Okay. I made it to the college years. No, we did. <laughs> and i had never actually made it that far in gossip girl because it's terrible i only watched the first two seasons the first time around (laughs) you're right we watched the first episode of season three and now it's been rebooted on hbo i believe for anyone interested no it's a bunch of very hip children and i'm too old to try and understand their language what did we see rufus in the other day where he was like really young Oh, we did see him in something. Um, oh, it was a band of brothers. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good for him. I mean, yeah. obviously, he that was acting work before Gossip Girl, but good for him for not right. only having Gossip Girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, there is no way to transition back to wrestling, so I'm just going to do a hard 180 and say uh, the next matchup is the best friends at Wheeler Utah. Best uh, friends or, are a band of brothers. Yeah, okay, the best friends, the band of brothers of the best friends are going up against uh, BCC, Blackpool Combat Club, 
which is specifically Willow Yuta and John Moxley this time. Um, just kind of a fun pairing because the best friends have to kind of get serious. Uh, nobody brings out a chainsaw for this one, unfortunately. Um, even though John Moxley would love that. Uh, it would bleed profusely. Um, this one, there's not blood, I don't think. Uh, it's a pretty great match. And um, wrestling-wise, you know, quality. But what I love the most is the storytelling and all the relationship drama they included between, you know, Wheeler Yuta, obviously having been part of the best friends back when they were a bigger group and um, Chuck being his mentor, uh, Trent hating him and continuing to hate him. Like they wove all that back in. I thought it was great. And it was a super, super burn the way it ended because Wheeler Yuta got to pin Chuck using a move called the seatbelt and Orange Cassidy, who was on commentary, but basically silent up to that point, just said, Chuck taught him that move and then uh, <laughs> and then walked away. So what a what a fun, like little salt in the wound moment. I loved I loved it. It was fun because like early on, Chuck, when he was in with Yuta, would just try to like do like technical wrestling. Um, but anytime Trent was in with Yuta, they would brawl. Yeah, because Trent Trent's just like, yeah, I fucking hate you. Like, no. Yeah, it was, I, I've never seen a match where, and I don't mean this is in a bad way because it was a really good match and it had its story to tell, but I've never seen a John Moxley match where he was so much of a non-factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because he, he was largely. He was the story. Right. And, yeah. and also like, no offense to everyone else in the match, but I do believe if John Moxley was given the opportunity, he could, he could murder all those boys. Um, so he had to be kept to the outside, both by not getting tagged in because Yuta was out there. And also at one point, I think some, Trent maybe knocked him to the outside and made sure he was down and couldn't be tagged. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was really good. And I, I liked the dynamics a lot. And I liked that William Regal was on commentary and really tried to talk to Orange Cassidy and Orange was like silent again, like very much in character. It was just funny to to have Regal be like, hey, I like you, buddy. What's up? And and Orange is just like, no words. <laughs> I liked uh, Excalibur trying to explain, like, Chikara lore <gasps> without saying the word Chikara. And, like, because he didn't, did he? He didn't, he never actually said Chikara, right? I don't think so. Is he not? But, like... I, well, Quackenbush I, is like, you know disgrace now so yeah like not not so, good and that's like you know you associate chikara with him so i think they just try not to say it um my hope is that they eventually buy that tape library because that's that'd be a hell of a library for them to have especially given their roster oh yeah that would be so fun to like that would be one where i'd like to go through like the old archive and and just see people at their in their young days doing the wacky like fighting ants and whatnot like, yeah love it uh, um, so yes, cause he was talking about how, you know, like Skyda taught them the Yave submission style, which is a term we know because of Angelico and, uh, and, you know, and, and like, and, and like Chuck passed it down to Wheeler Yuta and all, you know, this, all this, all this happy horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. Excalibur is so well-versed, but, um, I think you're right. He did not ever utter the word Chikara. Yeah. So what a great match though thoroughly enjoyed it and like you said 
wild for a John Moxley match to not include him almost at all, but still mm-hmm. be right. Uh, after that, we get a quick uh, promo video for the Claudio Gresham match that's going to be on Death Before Dishonor. Claudio is challenging Gresham for his Ring of Honor World Championship at that point. It was so cool to see all those old uh, Claudio and ROH clips. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, Tony Khan has that footage, obviously. So I feel like this is, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this, this felt like the first time we really got to see like a lot of that archive, like the, the first time they used that archival stuff in a video package. Yeah. In a prominent way, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like we might've uh, seen a clip here or there in the last few months, but this was definitely because I mean, you know, when you think about it, Claudia has only been in AEW for three matches. So the, the, the footage they have, the footage they own of him is Ring of Honor footage. <laughs> True. Yes. I like it, though. Like, I, I would love... Same way with Chikara. I, I don't know that there's as much of an ROH backlog that would include people that are still around and that I know of today, but... Oh, um much bigger. You think so? Oh, God, yes. Think about think about all the WWE people who went through Ring of Honor. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I was thinking in the scope of AEW only, but yeah, you're right. And, and the, like the Bucks and Adam Cole and Kenny, Kenny and Hangman, and the fact that they had that partnership with New Japan for so long. So like Okada and Tanahashi and Minoru Suzuki are all over their library too. God, I've learned a lot about wrestling in the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm strong. <laughs> I still don't want to pay $9.99 a month for just that, though. I'm going to be real. I would need all of it. I would need all the tapes, not just I'm still Chikara, holding out for, ROH. Still holding out for a hub on HBO Max. <laughs> oh, it would be great. Come on, Tony Khan. You have to have connections that can make this happen. He did. Remember, the guy left. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. Well... Great match, or yeah, great promo. So, <laughs> Andy will see that match and he will tell us about it probably. Um, yep. Back in the ring, Tony Schiavone is out. He's going to introduce uh, the current AEW World Tag Team Champions, Swerve in Our Glory. Um, because we're in Atlanta, I think we get some key guests here tonight. And the first one is Swerve's friend, best selling rapper, Kevin Gates who is in the crowd with a glass of champagne that he absolutely did not buy at the concession stand. I would think not. I am jealous. Yeah. I wish I was drinking champagne right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying this Pinot Noir. It's fine, wow. but it's not champagne. It's no, not bubbly. It's, it's not. I would much prefer to be drinking champagne. Okay. Yeah. Well, I did not know who Kevin Gates was. Me and I asked, I asked Jeff Jacobs, my pal, who was also watching Dynamite Live, I said, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and he was like, he's great. Look up this song. So during the, during the commercial break, I listened to one of his songs, and it was pretty good. All right. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I'm not up to date on any sort of modern music, let alone r- rapping. And, you know... So I was like, sure, you're Swerve's friend. I remember Swerve went to the Grammys, and we saw a clip of that. Of course he knows music people. And we're in Atlanta, you know? Based mm-hmm. on the, the show Atlanta, rappers live there. 
hello, I am a white person. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Do you watch the show the Atlanta? Uh, I watched about half of the first season. Okay. And it was on FX. And then I, I was, I believe at my parents' house at that point. And then it's I on, didn't. It's on Hulu, obviously. Yeah. Well, add it to the list of things I'm supposed to watch to keep up with modern stuff. But yeah. I, I mean, I knew it was about a guy trying to do rap. Speaking of, can't wait till we get to uh, the end of the show, plug of the week, and uh, we can we can discuss your plug from last week. Oh yeah! Oh, I'm excited. Okay, yeah. okay. So, Kevin Gates sipping champagne, front row. Uh, Swerve lets us know. We'll come back to him. In the meantime, Keith Lee is like, "Hey, I'm so happy, crowd." It's all you guys. You did it. You get us here. We love. We love you. We appreciate it. And because we appreciate the crowd, we're going to be fighting champs, as is the tra- trajectory of these types of things. So Keith Lee says, "We're open to all challengers. Bring them on." And uh, for now, let's toast. Um, there is a cake and more champagne set up and a table outside the ring, which is fun. And uh, before they can get to it, though, Mark Sterling. He he stomps out with Tony Nese in tow, and he says he's been working on a prim, uh, petition to remove Swerve from the roster, and he's almost got enough signatures, which seems really mean if true. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know who the hell's signing these things, but come on, AEW. Well, also, like, why is Tony Khan allowing it to be binding? Apparently, yeah, uh, a lot of questions. <laughs> um, but Mark Sterling is running with this, and he for some. I, I don't even understand where he got this idea. He's like, I will definitely be able to get this man, Kevin Gates, Swerve's his friend, to um, sign this petition. And it will mean something, because he's Kevin Gates and has no association at all with AEW. So he's like, hey, Kevin, uh, I'm going to go over here and try and get you to sign this. And it doesn't go well. Kevin uh, steps out from behind the barrier and starts to go after Mark Sterling, who immediately yells, I'll sue you, and then has Tony Nese stand in front of him to stop him. Um and then Kevin Gates gets to punch Tony Nese right in the face, which was fun. Uh, and at this point, Swerve picks up the cake that they were supposed to enjoy and instead slams it into Mark Sterling's face, which I think is a better use of actually eating it in this case. But uh, what a wacky end to this segment. I hope they drank the champagne. And I hope Kevin Gates got a refill because I feel like he had to set his champagne down to do this. What kind of cake was it? It looked like a child's birthday cake. <laughs> Like yeah. a sheet cake? It was like a sheet cake. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. You can throw that in the face. It was the same cake they used for... Um... Negative oh, God. birthday? Yes. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah was, uh, that and like, like I feel like Jade Cargill, they did a cake angle with her at some point. Like they always, they always get 30. like a really cheap looking cake when they do these, which is the, the which is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't have somebody waste time making a work of art if you're just going to toss it in somebody else's face. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm so torn on this angle because like, I like Mark Sterling. I like seeing him get it embarrassed. I think he's good at that. It's funny, but I don't like it when non-wrestlers beat up wrestlers. And then there's like, like, it's not like there's going to be follow up on this, you know, like Tony Nese is now just always going to be the guy who got punched out by a rapper and Wait, did he like fall down? Or yeah, he... he took a bump and he sold really? it for the rest of the segment. Like he did but not get back up. Here's the question: Do you think it's? I get what you're saying, but I kind of 
was okay with this because to me it felt like a sucker punch like Kevin Gates just like he first he was just standing there and then all of a sudden bam one to the chin and it wasn't like he did like a wrestle move you know like it's not like he like weirdly came and was like look suddenly I know how to uh you know do a suplex or something right no but I I just so yes it was a sucker punch but I think the thing that bothered me is that Nice just laid on the mat for the next like I mean it was it was another two minutes that the segment went you know Yes, he did and not he get just, up and defend himself. He was just laid out. Yeah, like when, when, uh, when Wolverine, uh, a huge jacked man, uh, uh, <laughs> gave that big punch to Dolph Ziggler. Like at least then, it was like he got up on the apron, he snuck up, he cracked him in the jaw. It caused Dolph to spin around and like kind of like walk into, if I recall correctly, the Rough Rider. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, it, like, it was like a setup for Zack Ryder to look good and hit a move. Like, this was just like, I don't know, I don't know what this accomplished. It certainly didn't do anything good for Tony Nese. No. Uh, it did. I mean, it did make Mark Sterling look funny. He did this <laughs> wacky thing, and I guess like it was like buy Kevin Gates's new album. I think they promoted that <laughs> for a second. So. <laughs> If you're into seeing him hit wrestlers, uh, maybe you'll like his music as well. I I don't know. This was kind of a, um, it's like, look, we're celebrating the tag team championship. Look, we're opening, we're doing an open challenge. And then also, like, then it got wacky and, and, and cakes were thrown. So I don't know. I don't know. Don't know the tone they were trying to take with it, but that's, uh. That's what's happening. I don't. I, I don't expect to see Kevin B- Gates back, like you said. Um, so I guess Tony Nese is just gonna. I have to have a match and lose. Tony Nese tends to lose his matches. So. That's true. Yeah. So, well, so from there, I mean, after that wacky time, Tony Schiavone is backstage talking to John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And the butcher and the blade. This is also kind of like I don't just like nonsensical a little bit. Um, Silver and Reynolds say they called this meeting because John Silver is the meat man, and so he wanted to give a gift to his favorite wrestler, who is naturally the butcher. And the gift that he's gotten him is a T-shirt that says Butch on it, and he presents that to him, and Butcher's like, "This is dumb." And then Reynolds is, is a, like, "Was it a Pete Dunne shirt?" <laughs> No, it just a butch. Okay. Um, You're aware that's Pete Dunne's name now, right? I know. He's doing a Peaky Blinders thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, I like, but also it's like, okay, what wacky. Uh, Where's Pete Dunne now? Smackdown? I thought he got released. No. Oh. Well, hey, maybe this was a... a <laughs> A sneaky little Pete Dunn promo. But yeah, they they give Butcher a t-shirt. It says Butch. Um, they tr- Reynolds is like, Blade, we have a present for you too. And then it turns out to be another t-shirt that says Butch. And he's like, whoops. And then the Blade gets really mad. And uh, Butcher and the Blade start attacking them. And this is when Adam Page runs in to save his buddies and chase the mean men away. I don't know. It sounds like maybe... Um... 
they were the ones who were instigating and being the bullies. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know why randomly were like, hey, I'm the meat man. You're the butcher. I've just now realized this. And here's a shirt for you. It's so dumb. It was quite a, a stretch. Sounds like a terrible get, segment. It, it was kind of a stretch to get everybody there so that Adam Page could save them. Well, and it's dumb that Adam Page came out to that. I don't like that. Well, Adam's their friend. I mean, they have been kind of teasing it on BTE and uh, I think some segments on Dynamite and or Rampage recently. Am I wrong about that? No, I don't think so. Okay. Because I, th- I feel like thankfully it was not limited to BT where, you know, it shouldn't be limited to because it's actual storyline. Um, but yeah, that that was the convoluted way they got Adam to be like, look, I'm still in it, guys, and I love you. <laughs> I'm okay with that part of it. Do you remember that week that they had the fucking gall to title the BTE episode, This Should Have Been on Dynamite? Yeah, still bitter about it. Still think <laughs> uh, that was like a real fuck you to the fans. Yeah. Thankfully, they haven't uh, gone that far recently, but sure, sure it could happen again. <sighs> but anyway, that happened. Then we get another match. This time, it is Christian Cage and Luchasaurus teaming up against the Varsity Blondes. If you remember, Christian had some pretty heinous things to say to Brian Pillman Jr. about his father, his dead father. So naturally, things are not good between them. Um, this match was short. Luchasaurus did all the heavy lifting for the team. And then he knocked down Brian Pillman Jr. And then stepped to the side so that Christian could pin him. Which is like a real burn for Brian Pillman Jr. So Christian pins him. He's like, yeah, the crowd hates him. And they hate him even more when he gets up on the turnbuckle and starts to celebrate. And then motions for Luchasaurus to come over and allow him to get on his shoulders. Much like Jungle Boy used to do. So, crowd is booing at this. And then, Jungle Boy's music hits. He is here. He has a chair in hand. And he is ready to kill Christian. Presumably. Uh, He makes his way down towards the ring. Luchasaurus, evil Luchasaurus, is standing in the way of the ring itself. He and Jungle Boy have a very brief, like, stare. And then Luchasaurus steps aside and lets his friend go after his um, controlling guy, uh, Christian, who just books it. He runs into the crowd and up the steps like his life depends on it. Jungle Boy follows him. Jungle Boy almost caught him. I'm sure he had to slow down because I mean, <laughs> Christian, while in great shape for his age, he's not a 20-something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jungle Boy, uh, yeah. They, they, they chase. He chases him up. They go into the concourse. We do not follow them with the camera. So we don't know how that chase ended, but Christian booked it up through the crowd and Jungle Boy followed. Okay, so here's the big question about this whole thing. Was Luchasaurus in on it with Jungle Boy the whole time? Or is Luchasaurus, is this still just part of the Christian plot? He's got the dark mask now. Because Luchasaurus did not help Jungle Boy 
or attack Christian in any way. He just stepped aside. Well, Luchasaurus wasn't going to run. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But here's She's right. Here, that segment would have been three more minutes. <laughs> so here's like, here's the thing that doesn't square with me. If the idea is that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were in on it together from the beginning. Um, Luchasaurus was really mean to like nice, nice boys for a while there. <laughs> That's exactly the argument I was going to make. It's like, did he go so deep cover? Like, you know, like undercover cops where it's like, you're not allowed to do the cocaine, but maybe you can like beat someone up, you know, like how yeah. far can you go? What's the That's line? Right. And I just, I feel it's like, like... O'Neill in that Miami vice episode. Yeah. <laughs> Pertinent reference. Yes. Uh, yeah. I just don't think Luchasaurus, if he was truly good, would um, have done all the mean things he did to the people. Because he was really mean. Like, he he beat people and then he beat them down. Yes. Um, so, I I don't know how you square that. Maybe they'll just ignore it. <laughs> and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy would be happy and together again. Uh, but I think it'd be kind of a waste. I liked I liked the heel Luchasaurus. Yeah, because I was going to ask. My first thought was like, what do you think of the timing of this? Because it didn't seem like the like the Christian taking over Luchasaurus lasted very long. I, I felt like that needed a little more time to breathe before they totally turned around on it. Um, seemed fast. It, it, I mean, I'm trying to think. When was that TLC match where they lost the tag titles? <sighs> It was, uh, I don't know. My brain is mush. Maybe like a month ago. I'm looking it up real quick. Uh, okay. It was June. You're right. You're almost uh, exactly right. It was June 15th. So, Hmm. so let's see the next week. Luchasaurus came out and grabbed Christian and then Christian talked him down. Mm hmm. And the week after that, and since then, they came out together. So you're right. It's only been, like, really a few weeks of them being, like, together. Yeah. But in that time, Luchasaurus has laid waste to several baby faces. <laughs> it's true. He was very openly mean. Um, had no no hesitation, just destroying very I nice boys. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, Jungle Jack, like, approves of that. No. I He's got to talk to his, uh, like, CO and be like, hey, look, man, you got me in the corner. <laughs> like, it was it was do the drugs or, like, blow my cover. What do you want from me? Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope it's a trick. Because Jungle Boy can totally, like, rally against these two. Whereas if Luchasaurus was just playing the game, I don't know. You know... Johnny Utah (laughs) was not, I mean, that's a great movie. Point Break's a great movie, obviously. But Johnny Utah was not a great undercover cop. No, he was terrible at it. He just kept doing dumb things. He blew his cover pretty quickly in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Patrick Swayze is too cool not to want to be friends with. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, uh, like... You know, like even, even though it's Walker. even though it's just a ripoff <laughs> of Point Break in a lot of ways, like Paul Walker in the Fast and the Furious 
is, I think, a better undercover cop than Johnny Utah. Yes, but also I feel like he was he too was terrible at it. <laughs> like he was better than Johnny Utah, but he was also terrible at it. You called what do you mean you called it? Well, I said Paul Walker first. Well, I know, and that's why I was that's that was picking up on what you said. I wasn't pretending that I came up with that mm. like on my own at the moment. Mm-hmm. Paul Walker, the most white bread baby face of those movies. Yeah, definitely not a cop. He's got cop face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um I'll be interested to see what they what they decide to do with this. I I really hope that it turns out that Luchasaurus was just messing with Jungle Boy and he and Christian laid a trap because we didn't see where it ended up, you know? They could do something with that. And see if Jungle Boy caught him or if in the concourse there was a a slew of hired guns to take him out. You know, you know, you know who's a great and undercover cop is the kindergarten cop. <laughs> Hell yeah, he learned to love children and be good at taking care of them. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It's 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 that is putting it mildly. Mm-hmm. It is a good cool. movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, from the kindergarten cop, we go to Lexi Nair. Who is standing by with the gun club. Um, last week. The acclaimed. Challenged the gun club to a match. But the gun, gun club was like. No we are not going to do that. And so. And that's, and that's what happened on Rampage right? Yes. Okay. Uh, they didn't. That's why they didn't like explain themselves. They were just like nah. Um, we don't want to. <laughs> and so. Lexi Nair is like what's up with that? And. Colton Gunn is like, well, you know, we carried the acclaim for months now, and we've just, uh, he does the scissor fingers, we cut them out of our lives, and Austin Gunn steps up and he's like, look, we're not going to do a match, but I am willing to challenge Max Caster to a rap battle this Friday on Rampage. So that should be really awkward. So, apparently, Austin Gunn's pretty good at freestyling. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know, honestly, the better that people are at it, the more awkward it is for me to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a me problem. <laughs> so uh, I'm dreading that segment because I'm going to be like, probably just like hands up to my eyes, like, Ooh, this is weird. Um. We've already had to watch one of these. Wasn't it during like the pandemic area that there was a wrap off? Was it Max Caster against somebody? No, I don't think he was in the company yet. In AEW? Yeah. There was a rap battle? Mm hmm. Huh. It was like early on. There was like the last one I remember was an Usos versus New Day one on uh, SmackDown that was really funny. Oh, gosh. If there was one in AEW, I've clearly blocked it out of my head because, uh, like, I can't, I can't handle it. There was some sort of similar type battle. I'm sure. I'm, I'm scared of what's going to happen on Rampage if Austin Gunn is really good and really committed. Um, like Jenny, remember that one time on the Millionaire Matchmaker where the guy was having a date. And it was totally fine. And then the girl was like, 
also I beatbox. Yeah. And then we had to <laughs> we had to watch her over dinner beatbox and the guy was like he had this smile plastered on his face, but he clearly was dying inside. That's me watching this stuff happen. Like I, I can't never forget <laughs> having to watch that. And I anticipate a similar reaction next week. Yeah, so I'm just that's this is I'm it might turn out really funny. It might be great. Uh, I I just might shrivel up with embarrassment for them. Um, can't wait to find out. <laughs> so that's Rampage. Check it out. Uh, tomorrow as a recording list. <sighs> but after that declaration, we have uh, Cole Carter. It's his time to shine. He He's got his match with Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship. Uh, and, you know, Cole Carter, he put up a decent fight, but literally, like, no one wanted him to win, which I think was not what they were trying to go for. The the crowd literally booed at points near the end when Cole Carter got offense and almost pinned Ricky. Like, they did not want it. So, unsurprisingly, Ricky retained his title, and people were very happy about it. Wait, didn't we already talk about that match? No, no there was a backstage him. segment oh setting my it up. God. Him as a person. So this match was whatever, but my enduring memory of it will be that Cole Carter didn't know how to take Ricky Starks' spear. Well, yeah. maybe he which, was thrown off by the booze. <laughs> which was the finish of the match. So it's kind of important that you know how to take the finish. It's true. It's yeah. true. So I don't maybe know. two dimes would, never had to get speared. Yeah. I wouldn't be terribly sad if we didn't see him again, but whatever. Do do we know if he's an Atlanta native and that's why he was here? Or was this like a special uh, I, fly out? That's a good question. I don't I don't know. I would guess he was probably like semi-local. I mean, he probably has a lease in Orlando because of being in developmental. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not, you could, you could drive up from Orlando. Yeah. So maybe this was a tryout sort of deal. And uh, yeah. Well, Ricky Starks retains. Thank God. If he loses that belt, he might actually die. Um, But after the the (laughs) pay-per-view after the match he's full of adrenaline and and that winning high and he speaks before he even really thinks about it he gets on the mic and declares that he's ready to keep this title defense going and he said he says he literally wants another challenger right now and dan Housen's music hits dan Housen walks out and he's like okay like i would like to challenge for the title right now let's go and the crowd's like yes let's do it and ricky of course is like no I when I said right now what I meant is like later because I need time <laughs> to rest and recoup. So how about we do this match on Dynamite next week? And like, the crowd's no offense, like Boo. no offense, to, no offense to Jay, but um, why does Ricky Starks need an extra week to prepare for Danhausen? <laughs> Whoa, Jay, do you do you hear that? Do you hear how he's talking about your boy, <laughs> D H Danhausen? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just assume because Ricky Starks is like, I got to cheat or something. I better <laughs> not. 
I better not pick a fight with Jay. He's coming to. I think he's. I believe he's staying at our house in a couple weeks. He might shoot on me. Oh, if he does, <laughs> record it and place it on the podcast, please. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Danhausen, uh, Jay's Jay's fave. He's going to fight Ricky Starks next week on Dynamite for that title. Guys, where's Hook been? You know, where's Danhausen's uh, bud? Hook's gonna save Danhausen uh, after this match. And uh, then Hook is going to take back his father's title at All Out. Oh, shit. Yeah. I I do have to say, I chuckled when Taz proudly uh, talked about the history of the FTW belt. He's like, I held it, Sabu held it, Brian Cage, and most recently Ricky (laughs) Stocks. And I'm like, what a cool legacy that is. (laughs) Ricky Stocks. (laughs) He fought Dobby. <laughs> Come on. I'm so happy like w- with the the new structure of Dynamite where we get where we get Taz on the show now. Yeah. I he's fine as an announcer. He's great. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. him. Honestly, worst part of Rampage, Jericho was back on the announce team. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Don't know why. Didn't love it. <laughs> um but yeah, the, I can't wait to see what Andy laid out for Hook and Danhausen. I think that's going to be so fun for their friendship. Yeah. And Team Taz, I mean, not so great, but we'll see. Uh, but after that, Tony Schiavone, he's he's backstage again. He's here to let us know there's a big women's tag match coming up. And uh, he's got Chris Statlander and Athena back there with him. He says Athena... Or Chris Statlander will be sitting out, I guess, because Stokely Hathaway has the power to determine that. Because Willow Nightingale is also here, and she and Athena will be the ones teaming up. Uh, Athena is like, Chris, don't worry. We got a good... It's all going to be good. Like, uh, I could see you wearing the AEW Women's World Championship around your waist. And then me, I'm going to get that TBS Championship. And it's all good. So she is pretty... Her, her sight's set pretty high, honestly, but she's confident. And Chris is like, all right, cool. And Willow Nightingale just is so fun. She's she's just like, yay, we can do it. So she's very a lot of charisma. She does. And she's so positive. She's yeah. she's ready to take these people on. So uh, I'm happy for that coming up. So um, this was announced as a six-woman tag, like, the day before. And then they said that Layla Gray was not able to compete. So I wonder if she got maybe the vid or something like that. Because oh. she wasn't even there. No, and they kept saying it, but nothing ever came of it. They just kept being like, Layla Gray didn't even show up. And it's like, what does that mean? She's she's not like a big threat. Why is she? Why yeah. is there so much focus on her not being here? I think it's because the uh, the announced match changed. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Um, but you're not online, so you didn't, you didn't even know that the match was announced in the first place. <laughs> had no idea. It was like, why do they care so much about Layla Gray? I thought everyone hated, all the baddies hated her. And I didn't think the good guys even really cared so when you when you sit down for dynamite every week is it just like kind of like a mystery box yeah i gotta it doesn't sound great for me but it's like blank slate have no idea what's going up i have forgotten everything that happened prior well and also like they announced they don't announce like they they announce like half the card like after like throughout the the next week you know so yeah like, and how would you have any idea what those matches were 
Yeah, anything announced purely online, unless you text me about it because it's that important, I have no idea. So, yeah, I'm just I'm riding the wave every Wednesday being like, all right, see what they got. I like it. It's kind of a mystery. I know they basically lay out the full Rampage card at some point, and I still don't really even I mean, think I can't, about it going into Friday. I can't clock that either because it's just so fast. Yeah. Like, Excalibur's over here like losing his breath. And I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to watch the show. I'll figure it out when we get there. Oh, okay, well, that explains yeah. something. About- yeah, I mean, no, I don't think it's going to like make or break whether you two tune in. No. Or most viewers tune in, I would think. Unless there's some big announce, like big match, it you doesn't know, really matter what matches you have. You know what it is? It's 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 the viewers that are the difference between nine hundred thousand people watching and a million people watching. Mm. That's 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 the difference it makes. Yeah, but like you gotta put something interesting in or well, yeah. that's not gonna make a difference. Oh well, okay. yeah, like but blood they and think guts. they're doing that. Okay. Like blood and guts a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Sure. That wasn't for me. No. But we also had no idea what was happening before the Blood and Guts match. So that was like a, let's show up and just be surprised, I guess. Or at least it was for me. I'm, again, not online. Uh, But okay. So we we talked to the, the ladies who will be having a match. Before we get to it, though, we go to the ring. Tony Schiavone is out there and he introduces FDR because they will be facing the Briscoe brothers to defend their ROH World Tag Team Championships at Death Before Dishonor in a two out of three falls match. So that's fun. Um, Cash says that FTR respect the Briscoes and everything they've done for tag team wrestling, but they will not be taking those titles away from them. And Dax uh, tells what sounds like is going to be a really depressing story about a little girl with a hole in her heart who was able to fight and recover. Turns out it was his daughter. So yay for him. And then um, just so charmingly, he says he's going to work that hard for her on Saturday night and he's going to fight like an eight-year-old girl. And I was just in love with FTR at this point. <laughs> what a turnaround. They're just so sweet. And then Cash hugged him and was like, bro, I just love that they love each other, you know? Yeah. So cute. They put out they put out a shirt today that says fight like an eight-year-old girl. And like a hundred hundred percent of the proceeds go to the uh like the Mariner Heart Heart uh whatever the whatever the charity they work with is on heart stuff. Aw. Yeah. That's great. What what great and I saw I saw him interacting with people all day on Twitter today, like uh who were saying like, Oh my god, like that was so meaningful to me. My my son has the same, you know, defect, and uh, you know he had to have like open heart surgery at one week old, and you know, like stuff like that. You know. Oh wow. Mm. Okay. FTR. Damn you for <laughs> for being so great. <laughs> <sighs> what? Uh, as the only person who's going to watch that match. Andy, uh, mm. what do you think the outcome is going to be? Um, I think I kind of think the Briscoes are. Well, I thought the Briscoes were going to win, but then Dax went and cut this promo <laughs> and basically like uh, promised his daughter that <laughs> they were going to get the job done. So I think FTR has to retain. 
Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for them. I'm hoping it works out. Uh, If they do lose, they only lose the ROH titles, right? Yeah, they still have their other two titles. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay, so after that emotional moment, we go backstage for not an emotional moment. Lexi Nair is talking to Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. Uh, Another uh, Death Before Dishonor match is going to be Jay challenging Samoa Joe for his Ring of Honor World Television title. And at this point, Christopher Daniels crashes the interview and defends Samoa Joe for not being there and says, you know what? I'm going to be in the ring at Rampage, and if you want to fight, you can come see me then. So, uh, I guess that they are going to have a match. It seemed very much like uh, Jay was cool with that invitation. So, I think they're fighting for Samoa Joe's honor, or Christopher Daniels is. I... Yeah. I guess it's just something to, like, you know, let Jay get a get a win on TV before his title challenge. Ugh. Poor CD. Yeah. Your ROH legacy. So yeah, that's that's gonna happen. Um, after that, we get our women's match. That the the women's match of the night, the one that was uh, the interview happened for. Um, it's a tag team bout with Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan teaming up against Athena and Willow Nightingale. Jermaine Dupree is here, and he accompanies Jade and Kira to the ring, and he sits ringside for the whole match with Stokely Hathaway, which is like. I don't know that Jermaine Dupree added anything, but what a pool, you know? I guess so. Like, I was excited to see him. I was like, oh, shit, that's Jermaine, Jermaine Dupree. Um, but then he, I don't, I mean, he must have had some kind of charisma at some point in his life, but he was not, <laughs> he was not displaying it on uh, AEW Dynamite last night. No, he just, well, they didn't really give him anything to do do i guess like he just sat next to stokely obviously he wasn't going to punch a wrestler unless it was stokely because all of the others were women but um yeah he just like didn't kevin gates got more to do than him but he was there uh yeah he was there um stokely was excited i know that because of his twitter posts about it um it's a big deal for him uh jade was like Jade was a fucking superstar on this night as she, like, in her entrance, she talked about being from, you know, the area and, and you know, how awesome she is. And she is correct. <laughs> she said she did kind of a variation of Bret Hart's best there is, best there was, best there ever will be by uh, saying, like, I'm that bitch. I've, <laughs> I've always <laughs> been that bitch and I will always continue to be that bitch. <laughs> that bitch power, man. Yeah. Yeah, she was... She was great. And also, like, as the heel, uh, she really allowed Kira to step in there and take the brunt of the damage, like, throughout the match. She yes. she definitely was like, you take care of this. Until the end, where she pinned Willow. Right. I, I, knew that, I knew they had to win because a loss would have counted against her perfect record. Even and... though it's tag team, though? Is that... Like, because it would go, yeah, because it's part of it, would be part of her overall record. Oh, okay. Like, they could keep, they could say that she's still undefeated in singles, which would be true, but I don't think they want that zero to to go away anytime soon. Okay, that's fair. But I, I thought 
the most exciting part about this is when Jade and Athena got in there and it was like, I don't know, it was like 45 seconds of just fucking magic. Like these two had such great chemistry in the little bit they did together. Like I'm very, I'm very anxious to see them have a, a singles match. Yeah. Do you think Athena is going to be the one to get that first one on that first L for Jade? I don't think so. I, I think it's, I just think it's too early. Like she's so like, I think Jade's going to continue to get more and more over, you know? Yeah, I guess it's true. I, I just, it's like, if not Athena, who? Because they're running through the whole roster. And it's, at some point, they're going to have to bring in somebody who can defeat her or re, like recycle somebody into the mix who already has lost her, which I feel like. No, it'll be somebody new, I think. I mean, you know, they've got uh, Statlander hasn't faced her yet. Uh, you know, like Paige is out there. Uh, Tegan Knox is out there. Sasha Banks will be out there eventually. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like you could, I mean, you could seriously, if, if you built it up right, you could main event a pay-per-view with Sasha Banks versus Jade Cargill. That would be. With like the streak and the title on the line, you know? Oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it was so exciting when Athena got in there. And I will say that, like, man, one thing I noticed, and it's nothing to do with the wrestling at all, was that I was so happy, again, as a white lady, um, to see <laughs> that this match was, like, it was all, like, ladies of color. The ref was a black guy. Um, Stokely, like, everyone involved in this match there was not a white person and that's great get it out there also big diversity in body types across all the ladies involved thought that was awesome athena and willow they're a little bit of thicker milkshakes and i like it because i can identify with that and just like even with all this like non like normal quote unquote normal sort of uh vibe uh the match was so great the crowd was engaged and everybody like I don't know. It was just like so heartening to see like this was not just a throwaway women's match. This is like this is the diversity Tony Khan got really mad about being called out for like earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, this felt very natural and not performative. And I was just like, wow, yeah. I I thought that, too, about um, the the Swerve in Our Glory Team Taz feud. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, just like the. And the aspect with that, I mean, I know Keith Lee and Swerve are obviously, like, their stars. Um, and they came in stars. But, like, you know, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs are getting major, you know, TV time. And getting built up the way we talked about how that was kind of what I believe uh, the criticism was. is like, there aren't any stars who are not white. Um, so, yeah, I was like, look at this shit. Finally, finally, we are going down that road and it doesn't feel forced. And I, I just really like it. And the crowd likes it. And I'm so happy that that's the case. Crowd likes it very much. Um, I saw somebody say online, I forget, I, I apologize because I can't remember who it was, but they said that because um, Starks and Hobbs's kind of 
it seems like the the team Taz link has been de-emphasized in recent months. Mm-hmm. That uh, they should get a new team name, and they said it should be uh, Absolute Power, which oh. it definitely should be. <laughs> that is great. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So I like that. Jenny's given the thumbs up on Absolute Power for Starks and Hobbs. Um, I just want to say that uh, a friend of mine who was watching the show, I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to call them out. I, I, I text with multiple people on Wednesday nights, uh, said during this match, Goddamn, Athena got some thighs. I mean, she does. Yeah. But they're for her, like, not for it was you. A positive. It was a positive. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it. I love seeing, like, the larger ladies getting in there because it's like, uh, you know, not all athletes have to be uh, one way, you know? Like, Athena kicks ass and i love little nightingale i think she's just so fun like you said charisma for days so i was just like this is this match rules this is really fun kira hogan i'm sorry you had to get beat up the whole time but she was great too (laughs) good stuff uh so very exciting very exciting um great women's match i i wish it wasn't the only one of the evening but if it's gonna represent i think it did Okay, so that was the only women's match of the evening, but afterwards we go backstage where Tony Schiavone is talking to another women's tag team, Thunderstorm. Um, Tony Schiavone, not Tony Storm, lets us know that next week Thunder Rosa will be defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Miyu Yamashita, who I guess she's coming over here. That was quick. Um, But Thunder Rosa's like hyped. She she is excited to face the best of the East, the best of Japan, she says. So I think it's going to be a really cool match. Um, immediately, Britt and Jamie, hater, interrupt. And they're like, hey, what's really important is we're going to have a ra- match on Rampage. Britt and Jamie are. It, they, we don't find out who they're teaming up against, but that's what's happening. Thunderosa and Tony are like, whatever, get out of here. Um, yes. We also <laughs> found out, and it was mentioned a couple of times, that next Wednesday's Dynamite will be Fight for the Fallen. Yes. Which is their, kind of their annual charity show. And this year, it will be for a group called, appropriately, on Shark Week, it'll be for a group called Oceana, which, uh, is, like, into, like, you know, the protection of, uh, sea life. Yes. Yeah. Which, great, love it, because, yeah. um, you know, save our Earth, man. <laughs> like, yeah, although Fight for the Fallen, like, the name has such, like, strong gun violence connotations for me that I think it's strange that, like, when the charity is different every year. <laughs> Fair. I, <laughs> I, I don't know that I have those connotations. I just am like, well, that's the one after Fighter Fest. And then I think of Fighter Fest and how Kenny didn't watch the whole documentary. True. This is my string of thought. But yeah. I'm, I will hey. try to get to it. I'm very busy, but. Uh... Damn it, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah. So with that, um, save our oceans. But also uh, we've reached the main event. The barbed wire everywhere death match. Um, the shark cage that 
the JAS gets put into is not hovering above the ring as I originally thought it would be. It's kind of off to the side. Uh, if it fell, I'm going to say the cr- there was no crowd underneath it. So that made me, that uh, alleviated my anxiety a little bit. Um, luckily, nothing like that came to pass. But at the beginning of the match, the JAS walk out. They go in the shark cage. It gets locked. Ruby Soho is sitting at ringside and she is the keeper of the lift. She has the power to move it, to lift it, to drop it, whatever. Um, Justin Roberts announces the entrance with his microphone that is wrapped in barbed wire for no reason at all. There's no reason it should be, except that Jericho immediately, like, I believe Eddie grabs it and then cuts Jericho open with it. But, like, it's wacky that Justin Roberts' ring announcing microphone is uh, wrapped in barbed wire. Everything, I guess, around is wrapped in barbed wire. So maybe I'm just being nitpicky, but... I mean, the last match was literally called Barbed Wire Everywhere. It's it's true. It's just, it was so... It's like Justin Roberts had the microphone not got snatched out of your hands. You just have a microphone with barbed wire on it. It's her hazard. is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but he he didn't hurt himself, it seems. <laughs> so uh, with, with that, though, Eddie... Like Jericho gets announced first. He comes out. He's the pain maker. He's got both a plastic mask and then his makeup on underneath it. And uh, Eddie comes out hot, starts the fight with the microphone, and then it just goes pretty hard from there. I mean, there's, again, cannot emphasize enough how much barbed wire is around. It's like covering the ropes, covering tables around the ring, covering the microphone, covering everything. It's everywhere. Can't be stopped. Um, People, Jericho bleeds immediately, which is gross, but that's what, what, you know, that's not unexpected in a match that's called barbed wire everywhere. Yeah, um, there was an angle partway through with uh, Ty Conti mm-hmm. and uh, Ruby Soho, so because Ruby Soho was sitting at ringside. Yes. Uh, she had, I believe she had the key, right? She had both the key and the little board that had the buttons to raise and lower the cage. And I, I thought there was going to be some weird like crane action where it moved over the ring, but just up and down as far as I can tell. Right. So Ty ran down to get that stuff from her because she wanted to free the, the jazz and, <laughs> and allow them to run wild on Eddie. Uh, but Anna J ran down. And it seemed like she was going to stop Tai Kanchi from doing this. But no, in fact, she reverted to her original recipe, Dark Order Roots, and turned mean. Damn, Anna. <laughs> this was actually my favorite part of the match, the whole thing, because I uh, like friendship. It's true. I mean, it's an evil friendship, but um, Tai Kanchi was like, yay, you're on my side. And then... Uh, yeah, there's there's loyalty though. I like that. Yeah, uh, true, true. I mean, I don't know how the Dark Order are gonna feel about Anna J doing this stuff. Maybe they won't care. There's only like five of them now. I think it's troubling because Uva Luna tweeted out today, uh, and you'll remember this reference. He tweeted out, uh, "Dark Order is fine." <gasps> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Anna J about to get kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Well, 
like you said, Taikanti, she got those keys. Anna J was like, yay, we're friends. Ty's like, yay, we'll celebrate later because I have to go em- uh, open that cage. So Anna J lowered it. Taikanti released the jazz. And uh, the BCC had to run out to fight off the jazz, actually. And, uh, you know, BCC plus Santana and Ortiz. Um, yeah, Eddie. Eddie got Jericho. Once everybody had been cleared out, Eddie got Jericho in the same hold he had him in at Blood and Guts. I don't remember what it's called. Stretch Plum. Stretch Plum. It's also the hold that he beat him with at uh, the pay-per-view when they wrestled each other. Was that Revolution? Oof. It would have to be at this point, right? Yeah, because the big, like, arena brawl was at Double or Nothing, so it would have been a Revolution, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, so a lot of callbacks there, um, and it looks like maybe Jericho's in trouble, except Sammy Guevara, who was not in the cage, even though technically he is part of the JS, um, he runs out and he breaks it up. And by doing that, um, it leads to the end of the match where uh, Sammy helps Jericho, but ultimately Jericho does the Judas effect on Eddie and gets the pin. And this is all allowed because barbed wire everywhere means there's no disqualifications. Anybody can do whatever they want. Right. So yeah. that'd be funny. That'd be funny if there were uh DQs <laughs> and count outs in a barbed wire match. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> there is order and decorum we must respect, sir. Yeah. Can you whip someone into the barbed wire? Yes. Can you use it to choke an opponent? Yes, of course. Can you bring a chair into the ring? No. That is too far. We have rules. Is the chair wrapped in barbed wire? Okay, fine. Everything present must have some sort of barbed wire attached or wrapped around it. Come on. Can you leave the ring for more than a count of ten? No. What kind of match do you think this is? We don't want you just roaming around outside the ring. God. Yeah, so, unfortunately for Eddie, Jericho beat him. With cheating, of course. Um, which is why, after the match, Eddie was gets up and is like, what the fuck? And he starts going after <laughs> Sammy and Jericho, and he knocks Jericho out of the ring onto just a straight-up, like, wooden platform full of barbed wire. It was kind of like that thing that Kenny designed for John Moxley. <laughs> Yes, just like just like a square of wood, but with barbed wire attached to it. So So I had to like I had secondhand embarrassment um, right before this spot and I had to look away so I kinda missed something because there was that spot where where like Eddie threw the back fist but totally whiffed on it because oh, like, yeah. Jericho and Sammy were kind of tied up with each other. It was really weird. They yes, they were not in place, and I was like, you know what, stuff happens, stuff happens. It's fine, it's fine. But yeah, I thought, I, I thought it was it was good that they had that other big spot right after because if that was supposed to be the climax, that would have been bad. Yes, luckily that's not like what they finished on. But yeah, I I remember seeing that and being like, oh no. And then you know what, the finish came quickly, and yeah, I really didn't like this match oh yeah it, it seems not... tailor-made for you 
I know. I was excited about it going in, but it it just didn't it just didn't work for me. And I also didn't really like Jericho winning. I because I, I mean, I guess we'll see. Maybe it's because he's got a bigger match planned for the pay per view than than Eddie does, or something. Maybe they're just trying to like position him right now. But I thought this would have been a perfect place to really put Kingston over again. And I know that Kingston is like kind of in some ways like kind of dominated the feud with Jericho, but that's good. He's like ten years younger, and 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 honestly, he's like you know he's super over, and he he could he could use. He could use the the big, the, I mean, you know, him winning a feud over Chris Jericho would be a big thing for him. Yeah, I was kind of surprised as well because, like, I, I don't think it hurts Jericho to lose anyway. Like, he's Chris Jericho. I mean, no, cut, I think he cuts, it, he cuts a promo the next week and he's got all his heat back. Yeah, but I think it hurts his ego. This is me <laughs> insulting Jericho, but yeah, I I was surprised about that too because also just like. Eddie's a fucking badass and Chris Jericho's running around calling himself the wizard and like threatening to throw fireballs in people's faces. It's like, but he was the pain maker this week, Megan, which <laughs> look, I get it. I don't fully understand the character, but when I see that makeup, I'm like, sir, <laughs> you need to get somebody to help you. Your mascara is running. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I think the pain maker's silly. And I think that logistically speaking, Eddie should have won. <laughs> like you said, um, I did not expect to like the, the format of the match. What with the blood and stuff, but I, honestly, there was less than I expected with all the barbed yeah, wire same. around. Same, <laughs> like, same, same for me. Yeah. So anyway, that was dynamite. Um, it was, it was like, I thought it was a decent show. Uh, I think I liked the best friends tag match the best of anything on there, though. Oh, such a good match. Yeah. Darby and Brody King was really good, too, from what I saw. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And Athena, Athena and uh, Jade had really, like I said, like we talked about, had excellent chemistry for their bit. Yes. Loved that match as well. So I yeah. thought Dynamite was great. Again. I realize that they're still getting a crap load of viewers and they're still in the number one spot, but I'm like, why not crack a million? Why can't we get back into those days? I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe just the summer. I think we'll, maybe we'll get back into it in the fall. It's like, damn people just cause you can go out and have a social life. Like, why aren't you staying in and watching wrestling at 8 PM <laughs> on Wednesday night? What are you doing? So speaking of social lives and what we'll be doing on uh, Saturday nights, uh, I believe you are going to be wine scouting it up. Hell yeah. Uh, and I, uh, COVID permitting, will be watching Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor 2022. Um, and I've got the lineup for it right here. Excellent. Hear that. Yeah. Let's start from the bottom. They added two matches during Dynamite. Uh, so on the buy-in, or I believe they called it Zero Hour. I was going to say, you can't take the AEW buy-in. You yeah. It's the Ring of Honor, bitch. Yeah. So I believe Zero Hour is the same term they used for um, the pre-show at All In, if I remember correctly. So uh, 
Allison K versus Willow Nightingale. So it sounds like they're gonna put they put that on there to give Willow a nice win. I, I imagine. Yay! And then uh, for the Ring of Honor World Six Man Tag Team Championships, which I forgot that they even had those. So Ring of what? Honor has trios titles. <laughs> okay. It is the Righteous, which is the team of Vincent, Bateman, and Dutch. And I don't know who any of those people are. <laughs> not, it's not Bateman, like. Not Derek Bateman. No. Okay. Versus okay. Dalton Castle and the boys. Oh, oh no, the boys have to wrestle? Yeah. But they're they're good at fanning. I don't, are they good at wrestling? I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen them wrestle. So. Uh, then on the main show, or that might be on the main show too, I don't know. But anyway, uh, rest of the show, for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship, Wheeler Utah defends against Daniel Garcia. That should be good. Do you think Young Utah retains? I think Young Utah retains, yeah. That was my thought, but I didn't know if I was just, like, um, biased because of the BCC. Uh, for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, Samoa Joe defends against Jay Lethal. Who you think's gonna win that? I think Joe's gonna win because I think because Jay has like gotten all this TV time, you know, like belittling Joe and burying him when he's not around, and, and he's gonna beat Daniels on Friday. So I think I think I think Joe gets the win here. Good um, for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Mercedes Martinez defends against Serena Deeb. You think Deeb's gonna take over? I think Deeb's gonna take it. I think. I think they're going to be like, let's move this belt to a bigger star. Oh, fair, fair. Right? I mean, you want to get this thing off on the right foot. Yeah, and also I just feel like Serena Deeb is kind of due. You know, she's been doing a lot of good heel work, and she's really good at wrestling pretty much anyone they throw at her. So, like, give her, give her some recognition. Give her some gold. For sure, yeah. Uh, then for the ROH World Tag Team Championships, which I suspect actually might end up being the main event, uh, and a two out of three falls match, FTR versus the Briscoes. And we talked about that earlier. I think FTR has probably got to win. Because uh, you can't, you can't like, you know, bring up a, an eight-year-old girl with a heart condition and then have, <laughs> and then lose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in the ROH World Championship match, Jonathan Gresham defends against Claudio Castagnoli. And really, for the same reason that I'm picking Serena Deeb, I'm picking Claudio. Because I think uh, I think if you want you I think you want like more name recognition. And I, I just think it's nothing against nothing against Jonathan Gresham, but I think I just think you want a bigger star with that belt right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pro Claudio because I love him, um, but he is also going to be on television a lot more than Gresham. And hey, who knows how that plays into like, look, guys, Yuta and Claudio have uh, ROH belts and the rest of the BCC does not have any belts. Like, maybe that will that will entice whenever Danielson comes back, he and Moxley to try to get those tag belts. Maybe I would love to see them as tag team champions at some point. Yeah. Just collect, have the BCC collect all the belts. Yeah. 
yeah, so that is Death Before Dishonor. That's Saturday night. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I'm going to have a couple friends over. It'll be nice. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. And that just leaves, Megan, what is uh, quickly becoming my favorite part of the week. <laughs> it's the plug? elite plug of the week. Yay! I love that your favorite part of the week is not related to wrestling <laughs> on this wrestling podcast. Yeah. And uh, Jenny, do, do you want to... Now, now you, this doesn't have to be your plug this week, but I do want you to be able to talk about your plug from last week, too, which which you didn't get to, which was Vanderpump Rules. Well, early, like... First two seasons. First two seasons of Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. There's a cut I'll plug it this week, too, because I haven't watched anything else. Okay. Um, I really think you can make the argument that season two of Vanderpump Rules is the best season of a reality TV show. I would argue, I would not argue with you on that the drama the editing the storylines like they've got you you know they spend the whole season or they spend the back half of the season debating whether like the two best friends like cheated yeah and then in the last episode they finally admit to it it's just like what you've been like you know it's just it's really for vanderpump rules season two it's really good. And they you even get a little bit of violence in the payoff. You do? Yeah. Man. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's it's excellent. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, got the drama. Yeah. And that's uh, Vanderpump Rules on Peacock. Yeah. Only watch the early stuff. Seasons <laughs> one and two before they all got outed as trash people. Yes. All right. Uh, Megan. How about uh, how about you? Uh, I this week am plugging the only murders in the building season two. It just started. Yay! We've been watching this too, and I've really been enjoying it. Yes, I'm only a couple episodes into season two, but on your recommendation a while back, I watched all of season one and really enjoyed it. And I, it's also one of my favorite formats: a twenty to thirty minute commercial free <laughs> show. Um, just kind of delightful and and charming and quirky and i feel like uh also um plays with the tropes of you know murder mysteries so i've i've enjoyed the first couple episodes into season two i know there's like i think six out at this point and they are still releasing up five okay the season two uh is still happening but i am i have just dived into it so i'm not that far into it but i'm i'm enjoying what i've seen so far I did not know that you finished season one. I kind of just did it like uh, since they're so short and the season is not that long. I feel like uh, one Saturday or Sunday, I I just like plowed through them because like you turn it on and Hulu is like, don't worry, I got you. And it just keeps playing them. And then all of a sudden you're just like at the end of the season. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't think I mentioned it because you guys recommended it so long ago and I didn't (laughs) have a chance to get to it. And then I was like, you know what? This is hanging out. And I watched it and was very delighted. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed. We've been enjoying season two as well, but not as much as season one. And I think we like figured out why. It's because we binged season one like all but the last episode 
because it, the last episode hadn't come out, and then we had like wait like two days for the last episode. So we basically got to binge the whole season in like one sitting, which is just how I prefer my content. And especially a story like that, like it's kind of hard to remember week over week what happened. Um, so I think we're gonna we were caught up, but I think we're gonna wait until they release the rest of the episodes before we watch the second half of the season. Yeah, I, I, that might be the way to go too. Maybe I'll I'll take a pause because like there's so many like episodes that end in like a twist or like something happened, and like you said, like if you leave it for a week, you kind of don't remember. Whereas if it just keeps going like if you're streaming all of them at once it's like oh all right we're back into it immediately yes um but i i recommend this show Enjoy yes it. yes it's really good um and i want to talk about before we get to my plug of the week um because i have to frantically think of a new one um i figured that's what you're <laughs> um, uh, I, I do want to say that jenny and i after after I heard your recommendation last week for your plug of the week of claim to fame on uh, Hulu slash ABC, uh, Jenny and I watched the first episode and liked it. And then we uh, watched the second episode yesterday. Um, and I, I think it's really fun and I think I'm going to stick with it for the, for the whole season. Yay. I loved getting the text about it. Um, I was so happy. I'm like, Oh shit. They're watching. They're watching the show. Yeah. Yeah. And um Brittany is just Lauren Conrad, right? I for sure before they revealed her uh, celebrity relative in this latest episode, I was like, well, she's Lauren Conrad's like cousin, right? Like No, like she I just has to be Lauren Conrad's sister, but I was like, I've seen Lauren Conrad's sister in like Laguna Beach season three, and she didn't look that much like Lauren Conrad. So I, I thought maybe she had like plastic surgery herself up to be Lauren Conrad. Jenny, honestly, before you guys texted me to say you were watching it, like I was going to text you and be like, look at this girl. What do you think? And like also uh, in the the like <laughs> the run of Lauren Conrad's on camera career, like. Did she ever mention, like, having a relative close by? Because I didn't remember from all the seasons of, um, I didn't watch Laguna Beach, but, uh. The Hills. Yes. All the Hills I watched, I was like, no, I don't remember her having a relative. But I was Her sister was never on the Hills. She was on one season of Laguna, and I don't think it went that well. And then I think she kind of, like, stayed away. (laughs) Ah, man. I'm glad it wasn't just me then, though. It was it was so refreshing to hear that you two were like, that's Lauren Conrad, right? I mean, come on. I was like, Lauren Conrad is a celebrity in and of herself. She doesn't need to be on here to like be like, I'm related to a celebrity. Well, well that's the point of the show, Jenny. I mean, that's why. Well, no, Jones but I'm saying like there. that's. I initially just thought it was Lauren Conrad. Oh, oh, okay. Like, yeah. full-on thought it was Lauren Conrad on the show. And then Andy uh, sent the disappointing text to me, the, the sentiment that he had already expressed to you, that Lauren Conrad has not been uh, famous for 10 years. And I felt, A, extremely old, and B, extremely disappointed <laughs> at this news. So mad. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the only thing, though, too. It's like, it's like yes... That that woman does look like Lauren Conrad, but that woman looks like Lauren Conrad 15 years ago. <laughs> Not Conrad true. still looks the same. Does she? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, good for her. <laughs> She's aging very well. Yeah. My only suspicion that it wasn't a relative of hers was that 
she's very clearly from the South. And I was like, I don't think Lauren Conrad is from the South. I think she's definitely from California. But it's neither here nor there because we learned who she was. And uh, it's not Lauren Conrad. But I like that they don't tell you who everybody's related to because I am trying my damnedest to figure it out. And I'm for sure wrong. I'm so bad at it. But I think we can definitively say that Lauren Conrad's mom definitely had an affair with Brett Favre. No, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna say that. So like Brett that. Favre. <laughs> I mean, they re- they reveal it fairly early in the second episode. Which, like, P.S. guys, uh, was it Jenny? Was it just me that like old pictures of Brett Favre? I was like, was Brett Favre hot? Yeah, I had the same thought of like, was I he hot. I, I don't remember thinking he was hot ever, and then they showed old pictures. I'm like, he's kind of hot. Yeah, don't you guys remember that Wrangler commercial? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) It's just, uh, it blew my mind. Yeah, I don't remember the Wrangler commercial, but I was like, oh shit, do I think Brad Barf is hot? Uh oh. There's like, it's maybe it's not Wrangler. I don't know. It's a cheesy commercial where he's like playing. it's like he's playing like football outside with like in in a backyard or something with some. Is he friends. wearing jeans? I'm sure he's wearing jeans. It's, but anyway. it's Wrangler. Yeah. Well, I've now I'm thinking it might be like a cologne commercial because of what happens. But anyway. Oh. Um <laughs> So he, he takes the snap and he drops back and this like beautiful woman like runs for it and tackles him. And oh. <laughs> and he and like so like she gets up and like goes back to the line of scrimmage and he gets up and huddles with his team and he says, Okay, guys, same play. <laughs> Wow. Thanks, 90s. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, so on that show, and spoilers for episode two of Claim to Fame. I'm sorry. And, and but, probably one also. We're yeah. just... But I was happy that Michael got eliminated, Zendaya's uh, cousin, because he was cocky. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Nope. Um, my favorite character is X. Who is also cocky, but I and he, I find it charming in him. Well, because X is a wrestling character. Like, X is, like, walking around like he's a vampire, like, <laughs> like laughing like that. And, like, yeah. just wild as shit. It's like. I. And Pepper is a dum-dum. Pepper is a dum-dum. Pepper. I cannot believe Pepper's, like, the only one who doesn't realize Simone Biles' sister is there. <laughs> Pepper. Somebody help this girl. It's a layup for everyone else in the house <laughs> but her. Um, God. <laughs> I, I think that show is really fun. Now, Megan, do you have any theories about any of the, any of the ones we don't know? So I was, tr- I'm trying really hard. The clue from the week one about Lark was that she is an eighties um, runway related to like an eighties runway model. And yeah. I think it's, the woman who was on later seasons of America's Top, Next Top Model, Par- Paulina Porzakova. Yes, I think she looks like her. Is she famous enough? Yeah, I, I don't if know. She, like, like I would also say, like, is Chuck Norris famous enough? But I feel like Chuck Norris has like that cultural cachet from Chuck from, Norris like, has memes yes, all over the place. Yes, he's got like the meme. He had like the meme resurgence like in the early. 2000s or whatever you know? yes well my only other thought for who that could be was like 
Was Cindy Crawford a runway model or just a yeah, model? Yeah, I think it's probably Cindy Crawford. Okay. I mean, that would be the most famous runway model. And she still has cultural cachet. Yes. Yeah. Okay, then then I would guess Cindy Crawford. Um, I think LC has got it figured out. I don't know who she's related to. She said at the end of the last episode that everybody thinks she's related. They they know who she's related to, and that's not who she actually is, which is Forrest Whitaker. So I'm like, is she lying? Or is... I mean, it's... Listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen. She might be related to Forrest Whitaker, but she might just be a person who unfortunately looks like Forrest Whitaker. Which... <laughs> Sorry. I mean, she's a lady, and Forrest Whitaker, you're a very distinct-looking man. Yes. But there's a reason you were a character actor and not a leading man. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but then, doesn't Forrest Whitaker also have a brother, uh, another Whitaker that's running around out there in the acting land? I might be wrong. I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, do you have any guesses to as to who anyone else is? Like, like Pepper, God love her. She looks familiar to me in a way I cannot put my finger on it. But she's so bad at this game. She will be out, and I will learn soon enough who her relative is. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I think that X is related to rick james shit i uh i thought laverne cox was a good guess somebody said that i didn't hear that okay um x his strategy is so good it's uh, a lot of eye makeup and uh vampire garb and um just like giant hair in a way that's like you can't really tell who x is and i'm and also he calls himself x so i i'm like that's probably the best way to go into this you just you just have no identifying features you're just a character yeah yeah so anyway yeah big ups to claim to fame what what night does it actually air do you know mondays okay so we can watch it on tuesdays on hulu yes and i only learned that because hulu told me but yeah um i also just as an aside, find the non-famous Jonas Brothers very charming. I think they're fun. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, so that's Claim to Fame. It is on Hulu. New episodes every Tuesday for, I don't know, as long as this thing lasts. I hope that it makes it all the way through. Oh, uh, please. You have I know, to. I know that uh, occasionally a reality show, even like a short form reality show, will get canceled partway through. We never found out who Genuine Ken was. <laughs> no, no, no. Is... We just stopped watching that show. That was the Hulu <laughs> original show. That they were they were all on there. It's bullshit did... though, because they you know they film it. They film to the end. Yeah. Let well, us that's see the it. thing, Megan. So if you remember, if you recall, I want to marry Harry. Oh, uh, yes. Got was Fire like works. got like got like some of the worst ratings in history. So it, it like didn't air all it, it never aired. And I don't so, know why, because why wouldn't you love a show where women clearly don't know who Harry <laughs> Prince Harry? They cannot tell who he is like what? That's just a great show. Come on. Oh, my God. Though I loved that show so much. I anytime there's a reference 
to fireworks or a loud noise or anything that could be anywhere related to fireworks. I always think of that show and I and I shake, shake fist. my fist in the air like the one girl who was watching <laughs> the day the fireworks happen. <laughs> Just gold. Show fucking ruled. Yes. Now, I do believe they eventually did because that was a Fox show. Uh, back when Fox had an had a uh, interest in Hulu, so I think eventually that show it, popped up on Hulu. We for watched the rest it all on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, it had to. I was going to say the complete show had to be on Hulu because when I lived in Cleveland, me and a friend we watched it, um, and I believe I recommended it to Jenny. Like, hey, this show's okay. wacky. Maggie and you and I watched it together one oh, night. Oh, of course, I would recommend it and be like, also, I've seen it all. Let's watch it again because <laughs> it's wild. But yeah. I, I demand that even if they don't, ABC doesn't air the rest of this show, I, I demand Hulu I put it demands. up. <laughs> I demand Hulu that you put it up. Wow. You filmed it, let the people watch it. Yeah. just And, and honestly, just put it all up at once. Let, yeah. us, let us binge the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. If it gets canceled, don't make me wait. We tweet. Just put it up. Yeah. There was a uh, there was a not very good, but I still enjoyed it. Pamela Anderson's sitcom called Stacked, uh, mm-hmm. where she worked at a bookstore, mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, I don't know, like fifteen years ago, and that had a, that was like early Hulu, uh, and it got canceled off Fox mm-hmm. in the second season, and I was like, shit, what is going to happen to Pamela Anderson and the dorky bookstore guy? Are they going <laughs> to get together? And thankfully. Hulu was just like, no, we got it. And then they like put like the last eight episodes up like online right away. Hulu's like, we bought this library. Like, what the hell else are we going to do with it? Which is what I love. That's the correct attitude to take. You just, a show failed. You know what? You could stick it up on Hulu. People who don't pay for commercial free, they're going to be seeing your ads. It's going to work out for you. I don't know. Yeah, That's It true. doesn't cost them anything to do that. No, exactly. absolutely not. It costs them what, like, a little bit of bandwidth, which is probably like cheaper and cheaper by the by the year. Netflix is pissing me off. Hulu is winning me over. If they just keep putting <laughs> stuff up that like gets canceled, but I still want to see it, I will cancel Netflix and be Hulu loyal. <laughs> Hulu, Megan's home for shows that nobody else wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah, I have horrible taste. Let me have my goddamn shows. That's what I'm begging you. Please, please. Uh, so, okay, so that takes us to my plug of the week. So, this week, sadly, I finally canceled my DC Unlimited subscription. <gasps> it was like, I was just, I, 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 I'd kind of like, I, I read all the Batman, and I kind of started to burn out on Superman, and then I, I got into that New 52 stuff, and that was fun. But I was just like, I was just like, ah, I'm tired of Batman and Superman comics. So I'm gonna, I, I need to, I need a, a change. Were you over the '90s mullets that both of them unfortunately had? Batman didn't have a mullet. Did he not? Was it always super? I feel like there no, were so many Nightwing, different versions. Nightwing, Nightwing had a mullet. Mm, okay, yeah. you sent me a lot of mullet pics. Yeah. So, I I did I, I I got a year subscription to Marvel Unlimited because they were having a they were having like a get ten dollars off deal or whatever and i started reading the x-men comics from uh uh our friend friend of the show justin shapiro uh gave me like a list of things to to read and he said to start with the like kind of the reboot of the x-men uh with like colossus and storm and nightcrawler and uh 
and Banshee and all them. The Silver uh, Age, as it were. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm a few issues into that, and I'm enjoying it. The Sentinels just showed up and started wrecking shit, so that's fun. Did you see uh, where Magneto signed his name? In Or was that in the Bronze Age? Where Magneto signed his name? <laughs> the first appearance of Magneto. <laughs> they didn't know who he was. It was probably Bronze Age. And he... um. He, like, stole a tanker, and he sent a bunch of debris up in the air, metal debris, obviously, and in cursive wrote out, Magneto. And that's how they knew who he was. Well, that's helpful. It was charming in a way that's like, no one would do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I haven't seen Magneto yet, actually. I assume he pops back up at some point, but but yeah, it's... uh... I'm trying to think like who like villain wise we've got um like there's a guy named like count nefario or something like that or... yeah there's some corny ass villains yeah and uh uh and hold on just uh one second megan sorry Oh, I'm going to vamp. I'm going to vamp up here about the bronze age of X-Men which I really enjoyed cuz it's corny as hell it's a it's a bunch of white dudes riding teenagers, old white dudes riding teenagers, and sixties um, lingo, which is bonkers. Um, if you have the time and patience to read through the Bronze Age, I say go for it. If you can't handle <laughs> that level of corn, um, yeah, jump into the Silver Age. Yeah, so this is like the Chris Claremont run. Yeah, this is classic. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into like and I know it's a long way away, but I am kind of excited to get into the uh, the Jim Lee drawn era of the very early 90s, because that's kind of that was the X-Men that I knew because of the cartoon. Yes, the cartoon. I didn't realize how much the cartoon was like, let's make it look like this exact comic book time. Well, all the all the all the costumes are so good in that in that, you know, from from his run, you know, mm-hmm. all the redesigns were so great. And like, you know, Scott got to let his hair uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> I need that top part open so that my beautiful auburn hair can just fall over the sides. Yeah, but actually, like what I wanted to plug is not actually uh, X-Men. So as like a last hurrah to my DC subscription, because I still have it for a few more days. I went and finally read something that I had been meaning to read for a really long time. And it was, it was like, it was, it was, it was released as its own title. So it wasn't in the continuity that I was reading when I was going through all the Batman from 93 onward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the long Halloween. It was published in 96 and 97 um, or maybe 97 98, I forget which one, uh, but anyway, um, but it is a 13 issue story. So it unfolded over the course of like over a year and it is set in, I think the second year of Batman's crime fighting career. And I, as I was reading it, I realized like, Oh, this is like, this is like the dark Knight. This is the Batman, like the aesthetic, the like the the, the kind of like the the young the young Batman aspect. They even like to the point, Megan, where there is like a scene where Batman 
Harvey Dent and Jim Gordon meet on the rooftop of the Gotham City Police Department to declare that they're going to work together to take down organized crime in Gotham. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's exactly that scene from The Dark Knight. Okay. Oh, you texted me about this. It sounds brilliant. It's really good. So anyway, yeah, it's about a serial killer called Holiday who kills only on holidays, basically. So it's like, so every issue is set on a different holiday of the year. And, and like, it's basically like Batman and Harvey and Jim Gordon trying to like figure out who this person is before they kill again. And it also, it's, 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 it's also about the two big crime families in Boston and Gotham, the Maronis and the, um, Falcone. Falcone. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, and and it's kind of like how those uh, families are related to each other, and and uh, yeah, all that stuff. So it's, it's really, really, really good. That seems totally worth reading. Also, yeah, as a true crime fan, I feel like if a serial killer only kills on holidays, that's like you got a real good chance of surviving. Unlike other people in Gotham that are coming for you. That's true. Uh, yeah, Gotham, like the a... city of pain and suffering. <laughs> Like a, it's like a preferable schedule, you know? <laughs> yeah. That sounds yeah. so cool, though. Like, I, I definitely, I think I need to check that out because... Well, Megan, I have I have it for 10 more days. So oh, okay. If you want to read this, it's only 13 issues, so... Oh, I could knock that out in 10 days or less, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, feel free. That's exciting. Ooh. All right. Yeah. yeah. I really like it. Uh, so, yeah. So, that is... Uh, Vanderpump Rules on the Peacock, the early stuff only, of course. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Megan had uh, season two of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, and for me, it is uh, I guess the Long Halloween by uh, I think Jeff Loeb, I believe, wrote it. Who also, like years later, wrote and was drawn by Jim Lee, the uh, year long storyline hush, which was really, really good. in like 2009 it was like one of the last Batman things I read in that big chronological run I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, yeah totally. All right. Well, I think finally that'll do it for us for the week. Um, no promises, but I might have something up about the ring of honor pay-per-view like a little bonus show, but I gotta, I gotta find someone to like do that with me. And I already asked Justin if he was watching the show and he said, no. <laughs> so <laughs> Corresponded Justin, not willing to watch ROH. <laughs> no, indeed he isn't. But uh, yeah, but uh, you know, so we'll see. Maybe somebody else will uh, step up to the plate, but uh, yeah, until then for Megan and Jenny, I'm Andy. And you've been listening to the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat. <laughs>